1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, coming to you live from our radio and television studios in northwest Pennsylvania. Have a wonderful show lined up for you tonight. <clears throat> uh, Liz Crokin is going to be checking in with us about the Podesta. Um, well, if you go to HagmanReport.com, you can read her latest. And then, of course, um, we are going to be uh, joined... Uh, through our uh, the second at the bottom of the hour real clear israel.com that's real real clear israel.com leslie ann stoffel what's taking place um, in israel you know it, it's amazing uh, what we saw here the last couple of weeks in israel we saw we saw a uh, border guard israel a female border guard get stabbed and of course the bbc headline turned out to Say, uh, Palestinians, uh three, Palestinian, uh, three Palestinians killed at the Israel, Israel border check, which they were the assailants. So the die is cast, the, uh, um, the fake news as I, I guess the only way to describe that would be fake news. So uh, Leslie Ann Stoffel is going to be coming on the therealclearisrael.org. That's our website. We're going to be hearing from, uh, again, Liz Crokin. There, there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts in the background with respect to the Podesta, Clinton, Pettigate, Pizzagate, Pizzagate. Um, there's just a lot of things going on in the background, and and it's really a lot of people are working different angles to this. Some, I do believe you're going to see, people are going to see uh quite a bit of movement this week quite a bit quite a bit of advancements this week in that uh in that venue now those people are waiting for the you know waiting for the 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 hillary clintons and the podestas to be perp walked i don't see that coming for, for quite some time just as an FYI okay so um however stranger things have happened now uh we, we have to keep fighting. We have to keep the faith. We have to keep pushing. We have to keep slamming. We have to keep putting the truth out there. We have to keep fighting these bots. Uh We have to keep fighting this this false narrative. We have to keep fighting and exposing. That's what we have to do. Crowd strike. You know, the Democratic uh, Party, the Progressive Party, the mainstream media have become increasingly consumed with the narrative that the... Um, um, The win, the presidential win of Donald Trump is largely influenced by Russian hacking. uh, Russian hacking. That was the uh, news back in January, and it's still the news today. CrowdStrike is the sole source of the claim. And I I bring this up. I bring
2: that up because there's. Go ahead. I posted an article yesterday on Hagman Report. CrowdStrike, five things. Everyone is ignoring about the Russia DNC story. Yeah, yeah and, and, and here a, it is.
1: It's a, yeah, that's a good piece. Here it is, right here. Yeah. Uh, CrowdStrike, Obama, here are the five things. It's on HagmanReport.com, but it's the five things, and I think everyone needs to understand this. Obama points CrowdStrike officer to admin post two months before June 2016 report on Russia hacking DNC, and and that's important. The timing is important because but once you once you start connecting the dots, here's the issue: the Russian Russian hacking narrative, the Seth Ritter homicide, the all of this. The dots are connecting incredibly. uh, The FBI, the DNC servers, the Awan brothers, the pakistani isi infiltration into the uh, house
2: this is incredible go ahead joe you, you, no, you said something. the russian hacking i was gonna say what about the uh the collusion well yeah what about the meddling well <laughs> i'm just kidding. all these
1: different words they use yeah uh, and, and you know it's now the federal bureau of matters not investigation of course right mm-hmm. it's not fbi anymore it's the federal bureau uh, fbm federal bureau of matters the um The sketchy dossier, the sketchy firm behind Trump dossier is stalling investigators. The secret, a secretive Washington firm that commissioned the dubious intelligence dossier and Donald Trump is stonewalling congressional investigators trying to learn more about its connections to the uh, progressive Democratic Party. The Senate Judiciary Committee earlier this month threatened to subpoena the firm. And we talked about this in shows past, uh, Fusion GPS. Well, Fusion GPS refused to answer questions and provide records to the Senate panel, identifying who financed the Airid dossier. Then that's referred to as a PP dossier, a steel dossier, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, um, it's just a. It, it, this is an opposition research of the deep state, and it's uh, it's really Fusion GPS is is actually was started by I believe three. Journalists, three, uh, one point journalists, Peter Fritch, um, and a couple of others, and that man, um, well, all all three donated, apparently, reportedly donated money to the Hillary Victory uh, Hillary Victory Fund, Hillary for America campaign. This, according to the FEC data, the uh, the founders' wives also uh sent money as well so property records by the way show in June 19, uh, 2016 Clinton allies bankrolled Fusion GPS um, or as Clinton allies uh bankrolled that entity the co-founder Fritch bought a 6 bedroom 5 bathroom house in Bethesda Maryland for 2.5 million nearly 2.5 million dollars 2.3 million <laughs> it's good work if you can get it right so, by the way, uh, that Fritch uh, served as the uh, Wall Street Journal's bureau chief in Mexico City. He's been lecturing at various uh, progressive institutions and married into a family of Mexican business interest. The uh, various other ent- entities or various other uh, uh, groups... All of this, all of these groups are tied to Hillary, tied to Podesta groups, tied to the opposition research, the David Brock Media Matters, the Correct the Record. All of these groups, you can start, you can start connecting the dots very adeptly right now, and you can see that this is a projection by the progressives, not necessarily uh, a projection by the gr- progressives of the Russian meddling or the Russian uh, hacking, which did not occur. But want them wanting to make it uh, seem that way, and it's very interesting because we've got a lot of information and uh, a lot of information that shows Hillary Rodham Clinton and Obama all of that are tied to all of this, and not not Donald Trump but the Clinton camp in total. I, I, I sent some uh, Twitter messages out of my own personal account uh, also uh, uh, copied the uh, Hagman report on Twitter as well about some of this information. (laughs) We also have um, uh, more, the the two primary, by the way, the two primary uh, leaders, in my view, in our view of fake news, the head of CNN and the head of MSNBC, NBC, Uh, you've got Lackey and uh, the other gentleman. His name has escaped me right now. We have to keep our eye on that. And the okay, let's get let's get right. This, since we're doing the show,
2: let's why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and bring Liz. Kroken yeah, on. we we have Liz Crokin with us. Uh, she's going to talk about her latest piece, which uh, if you go on Hagman Report at the moment, I can't find it, but I just tried to put it back up at the top of the page. So in sixty seconds, if I did huh. it right, it should be back up at the top of the page. Or in thirty seconds, Liz, welcome back to the show. Hi
0: guys, how are you?
2: Good. How are you doing, Liz?
0: I'm good. I'm just hanging out in California, trying to take down elite pedophiles one article at a time.
1: There you go, and you're doing a fine job of it as yeah. well. Uh, you're getting a lo- lot of uh, a lot of play over the fact over the question did Podesta attempt to take yeah. out you know uh, Sc- Scalise? And we saw so much uh, crap against uh, Representative Scalise. What's your take on this?
0: Well, this is what I I found out, and I think that is very notable and I think is very interesting. When Scalise first became the majority whip in the House of Representatives, which obviously gave him a significant amount of more power becoming the majority whip, right around that that time, what happened? A bunch of Democrats, including Podesta, started to call for his resignation. Okay? Okay. And they started to call for his resignation by claiming that 13 years prior, think about that, 13 years prior, he had spoken at some rally allegedly funded by David Duke. Okay? Now talk about a stretch. Now around this time when Scalise became majority whip, what was Scalise working on? He was working on getting through several bills to fight sex trafficking, to fight human trafficking, okay? So I have published stories and come on your show talking about how Scalise, who I truly believe was specifically targeted in the the, the Alexandria shooting, I believe it was a hit, okay, because of his work with sex trafficking, because currently he has been working hard to combat human trafficking. However, in 2015, when he first really started pushing for legislation that would help um, end human trafficking and help sex crime victims, it was right when he became majority whip and right when he first started talking about human trafficking, that's when all of a sudden a bunch of Democrats and a group linked to Podesta, which... I discovered within emails from WikiLeaks um, in the Podesta emails, or they might have been the DNC emails, but they were emails um, that were sent to Podesta that were asking for his resignation. Okay? And so, you know, I just want people to really start critically thinking about all these ties between John Podesta, Congressman Scalise, sex trafficking, and actually... All the ties between everyone that is, um, lashing out and targeting politicians such as Trump, Attorney General Jeffrey Sessions, who are publicly speaking out against sex trafficking and publicly working very hard to combat it. And if you start taking the microscope under these people that are speaking out the loudest against Sessions, Scalise, and Trump, you will find many, many ties to pedophilia, okay? Now, John Podesta and this group, they had to have known that Congressman Scalise may have spoken at this rally 13 years prior. Why all of a sudden, in 2015, were they asking for him to resign? Is it a coincidence that he was just starting to push for legislation to end human trafficking? I don't think so. And we damn well know from the Podesta emails that those emails are filled with pedophile code words. Connect the dots. People need to start connecting the
3: dots.
2: Yes, they do, Liz. And, you know, this is something, uh, one of the problems we ran into when... The story originally broke during the presidential election was, uh, many people will never look into things like this. It's too disturbing. Which I can, to some degree, understand that. Then you have the ones who just deny it. And then you have this huge media campaign, you know, calling it fake news. Yeah, and, and it, it really, uh, um, they did a number on, on the number of people who would really look into this.
1: That fake news, uh, designation to, to as it applies to Pettigate is just beyond, it just, it, it pisses me off, frankly, and if that, that language offends anyone, so be it. But it makes me angry when I see this, uh, applied to fake news.
0: Yeah, fake
1: news
0: and, G- and the fake news, let me tell you something. I have a lot of inside info. The mainstream media will die this year, okay? They are going to die. They are going to fold. They will no longer exist, okay? We are the new media. Like, like they have sealed their fates. There's going to be a lot more exposed about the mainstream media, okay? Let me tell you, there's going to be a lot more exposed. that Not only how corrupt they are, but how they are covering up for pedo gate how they're covering up for pedophilia, how members in the mainstream media are part of it, okay? You mark my words. You remember I said this today. The mainstream okay. media will no longer exist. I guarantee it, and it's going to happen soon. It's going to happen real fast, and karma's already hitting people like Megan Kelly, whose show will probably be canceled because the ratings are so bad, who covered for pervert James Elefantes, and didn't ask him hard questions about photos on his Instagram page that sexualized children, okay? So let and me this. tell you, there are people like, yeah?
2: I just wanted to to say something about the the comments on the mainstream media. Um, Because if people are waiting for when you say, you know, they're going to fold, they're not going to be relevant, they're never going to be off the air. Uh, Whether they have, you know, zero viewers or not, you know, or uh, 100,000 viewers, the the elite, the people in control will never put them off the air. They will never, uh, you know, give the true ratings if they do go down that much. But these people, these media companies, will be bankrolled to be st- to, by the government and by these, um, you know, elitists, to stay on the air just for the purposes of propaganda. But just because they stay on the air doesn't mean that they will be as effective yeah. as they are today.
0: That, that is true, and you're right because they are um, bankrolled and funded and sponsored by the deep state. However, let me tell you something: if if they any credibility that they have, which is minimal. As we speak, I mean, look at CNN. They're having to retract stories left and right and apologize. I mean, it's a joke. Um, any credibility that they've had left within the next few months will be completely gone. I guarantee it. Okay. Um, so that's one thing, but I really want people to start critically thinking about John Podesta, sex trafficking, the pizza analogies, the the pizza symbolism, and I want people to start connecting the dots, okay? You know, what happened with Scalise was not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that people who are fighting the hardest and the loudest to take down pedophiles and to expose sex trafficking are targeted, okay? Now, John Podesta was part of this movement to take down Scalise two years ago, when he first started publicly speaking out and trying to pass legislation to end human trafficking, this is not a coincidence, okay? Podesta has his dirty hands in everything. All right. This is a man who's talked about wet works in his emails. Um this is a man who has pedophile yep. code in his emails. Um this is, guy's a rat. And we all know that Andrew Breitbart, God bless him, first called out John Podesta for having ties to sex trafficking like six years ago, okay? So I want people to really start connecting the dots now, and there's something else that happened within the past few days that's really relevant and it's really important, and I really want your um, listeners to understand this and to research this, okay? An audio came out um, of Governor Martinez um, at a hotel talking to 911 about having some kind of a pizza party in a hotel room. Okay. I saw that. Apparently, did you guys hear about that?
2: I, I didn't so, understand uh, it, but I did. I did see uh, the video. If you can explain that a little bit more, that would be. Yeah. That would be excellent.
0: Yes, it, it, it's a little confusing. So let me explain it because it's, it's extremely important that people understand this. Okay. So she was at a hotel and in a hotel room where people were getting rowdy and people started hearing, hearing loud noises and, and yelling and shouting and people got extremely concerned that something nefarious was going on in this hotel room. In addition to that, someone was throwing bottles off the balcony of the hotel room. So a hotel employee called 911 and at some point Governor Martinez came down and rained out the, the staffer at the hotel that had called 911 and got on the phone with the dispatcher and asked to talk to uh, a supervisor and kept going on and on about how there's no need for police to come. Everything's fine. We're eating pizza. Pizza. She kept saying pizza. She kept emphasizing pizza. And she said they've been eating pizza for hours. And then she even said, well, someone may have thrown bottles over the balcony, but that was earlier, but since we're eating pizza, you know, wink, wink, pizza, like, tell your cops to stand down and not come to this room to investigate it, okay? So a lot of people that understand pedophile code relating to pizza um, are, you know, uh, theorizing that they were in, they were raping kids, possibly, in this hotel room. But this is what is most striking about this whole saga that really struck me and really upset me. And, and by the way, you can go online and I'll repost on my Twitter feed. You can go online and listen to Governor Martinez um, on this phone conversation. And let me just tell you, her, her tone it was—it it gave me chills. It made me sick. There's something very dark going on that went on at this hotel. But anyway,
1: yeah, I heard that, and, and, and please do post that back on your Twitter feed. Follow Liz on Twitter. There, there okay. was something really off on that. I, I did Horribly
0: off. I mean, yeah. like I have—I have really good intuition. I'm very sensitive to evil, and when I first heard her get on that phone, I—I felt—I honestly felt sick. I couldn't sleep the entire night, and I felt like I was going to throw up. I'm very sensitive to that kind of stuff. So, after this whole incident happened, Democratic members of um, the House—I believe she was the governor. She's the governor of New Mexico. So, Democratic members of the Senate, I believe, in New Mexico, decided to mock her for this incident by all wearing, not all of them, but a bunch of them, all Democrats, I believe, by wearing a pair of socks that not only have pizza slices on them, but guess what the socks also have? FBI identified pedophile logo. Okay? The socks have pedophile logo on them. And the reason why I'm telling this story is because what happened the day Scalise was shot? The Dems sent his staff pizza. If you don't think there's a tie there to sex trafficking, you're a fool. Connect the dots. These people are joking. They're laughing. They're throwing the pedophilia in our faces. They're sick. They're evil. I mean, this is a pattern. They use the pizza code. They use the pedophile code. They're wearing socks. They're mocking their colleagues about the rape and trafficking of children.
1: How can they do that to one of my favorite foods, by the way? You, you know, I know, I, and
0: I'm from Chicago too. Like, let me tell you, it's been hard to eat pizza after I've learned yeah. what I learned about Pizzagate.
1: <laughs> well, exactly. But I'm going to tell you something. We, you, you, are 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 just. I mean, you're like a bloodhound, okay? And and the the dots that you're connecting, the bigger picture that that you are showing people. Um, I think it's important. I think people need to understand how important uh, your work is, and what you've done with respect to. Uh, you know it is showing that this is not this is this needs to be exposed and this is the golden thread that runs through everything and by the way uh liz i you know i was able to verify look there are clubs in new york chicago and los angeles or hollywood basically that that uh, cater to the uh, you know upper, upper upper crust if you will where there are nothing but orgy clubs and i've Got oh, yeah. some, infor- you know, I've got, got some information that that they're expanding into, shall we say, this kind of behavior, and um, that involves the media as well, members of the media, high-profile members of the media.
0: Abs- absolutely, and I mean, just by watching, um, if, if you turn on any network, the shows are, are pushing for orgies, they're pushing for the swinger parties. Uh, I love a good Lifetime movie to zone out. I'm telling you, almost every lifetime movie is pushing for infidelity. It's pushing for these sex parties, these orgy parties. And they never used to promote movies like that before. They're really trying to normalize these um, really kind of crazy, eyes wide shut, uh, Illuminati-type sex parties where we know there's really dark, horrific things going on at these parties at the at the upper echelon, elite levels in particular. Um and I know we're limited on time. There's just one more thing that I want to touch base on um before Go. we get off the phone. Um so I, I believe it was um is it is it Rob Reiner? Rob Reiner came out today and he tweeted um Media. about Trump um and Russia. You know, he sti- even yeah. though everyone that's testified has has said no, we're not investigating Trump, there's no collusion, blah blah blah. So he's still promoting this Russian narrative, okay? Like, meathead, right? Now, I want to tell people the celebrities and the politicians, including the Republican Never Trumpers, that are speaking out against Trump the loudest, I want you to research them, and I want you to look into their ties with pedophilia, okay? Because if you look into Reiner's Roast, okay? There was a roast, a Reiner's Roast, it was probably on Comedy Central years ago. Senator Al Franken got up at his roast and joked about raping kids at Reiner's roast. This is not a mistake. This wow. is not a coincidence. These people that are speaking out the loudest against Trump have ties to pedophilia. Okay? At his roast, Senator Al Franken thought it'd be funny to joke about a toddler getting raped. These people are nothing so. funny about
1: that.
4: Yeah.
0: No, there's not. And I'm really getting sick of Hollywood. And let me tell you, John Cusack came out today, total scumbag. I've known him for years, I've covered him for years. I, I, I can't stand the guy. But he can't came out on Twitter and he's suggesting violence against President Trump. And I'm I'm so sick of it. And I have a lot of dirt on these people. So I've been on my Twitter feed exposing a lot of these scumbag celebrities who are, let me tell you, them speaking out against Trump Like, there couldn't be a better crowd of people to speak out against Trump because these people are losers, they're drug addicts, they're jerks, they're sexual deviants. And let me tell you, John Cusack is so big of a scumbag that his father, who died of pancreatic cancer... He had a fundraiser where he sold tickets for, like, hundreds of dollars to his fans, promising if they bought the ticket to raise money in his late father's name, they could do a meet-and-greet with John Cusack. Well, guess what? John Cusack blew off that charity event in his late father's name to go get trashed at a gala in Chicago. Okay? I know that from Liz, back out of the oh,
1: man.
2: We're out of time. You keep up the good work. We're going to be following you. so you. much. We love you, man. We love you. Thank you.
0: I love you guys, too. Thank you so much for all this support. Like, seriously, you guys are the best. All
2: right. Well, keep we'll up the good soon. work, Liz. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you. Folks, soon, we'll be guys. right back.
5: Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back
6: a thrilling series of novels TC Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and bible prophecy collide TC Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon Kirkus Review states, readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Week Reviews only states, fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com, Book 1, Precipice, Book 2, Pentecost, and Book 3, Penance.
1: to this edition of the Hagman the Hagman Report, Doug Hagman, Joe Hagman, something we call the Father-Son Premier Investigative Reporting Team, broadcasting live Global Star Radio Network all across the United States, all across North North South America, and uh, throughout the world via BTR and YouTube Live. What are you laughing at, Eric? Here, yeah. You know, so you accidentally muted the bumper music. All right. Um, Eric at the at the helm, not uh, not a hundred percent tonight, but that's all right. We have a real treat for you, Leslie Ann Stoffel. If you don't know who Leslie Ann Stoffel is, then I don't know. I, I got to tell you, she is she's one of the foremost experts on things taking place in Israel and Canada. Her website or her her, her site, yes, is the that's t h e realclearisrael.org, dot org. The realclearisrael.org. The RealClearIsrael.org. That's, In fact, there she is right there. If you're watching this via YouTube, you can see Leslie Ann Stoffel. You can actually hear her um, radio broadcast as well. Watch them uh, as as well. Real Clear Israel Radio. Uh, first of all, Leslie, thank you so much for your gift of time coming on with us tonight.
3: Oh, you guys, I'm thrilled because, as I said earlier, I'm I'm a big fan, and I've told all my friends here in Canada... That I'm going to be on, and they're all thrilled too. So, thank you for the opportunity.
4: Oh, uh,
1: we're just we're just <laughs> we're ecstatic to have you. We, in fact, when John said that you were you'd be willing to come on, we were just very excited about Joe and I were very excited about you coming on. Um, let's start out by uh, well, I'll tell you what. Before we even get into the, the primary question that we're going to ask you, just can you give us a brief bio of, of of you? Just so so those who don't know you, maybe just kind of <laughs> introduce yourself to, to the people. That don't sure. know you. I,
3: I actually... I'm just a grassroots person. I started out... I went to, on a trip to Israel in 2008 with my mom, and I fell in love with the place. I started... I had been on Facebook, uh, and then later... Uh, Twitter, and I went to Israel in 2011, and because of my Facebook stuff, my social networking, I was invited to the Knesset by Ayu Kara, the member of Knesset, so I met other members of Knesset, I went there a number of times, so I'm well uh, connected there, then I ended up working for United with Israel, who I still work for, I work when I'm there, and here uh, I started having to write blog. Well, I started writing blogs because of all the things that were coming up and were coming into my mind. So I've written for Jihad Watch, Geller, uh, The Times of Israel, The Jerusalem Post. I started my web page to keep everything in one place. Um, and I'm also interested, of course, in what's happening to Canada with the Islamization of Canada, um, how it affects us and the U.S. And, it's, and what happens in Israel is just part of the jihad, the global jihad. So that's kind of how I tie it all in.
1: Fantastic. And, and, and I, we, we started following you, I think, when you – maybe this jihad watch, when, when I first became aware of your work, I'm not sure. This is a couple of years ago now, uh, a number of years ago, I think.
3: I Well, I, I think it was a couple of years ago that I wrote my first article for him, and I write, I've written a couple for Geller. So it, it might have been that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
3: and I also write for politics too.
1: Oh, okay, okay, all right. So.
3: Wow.
1: All right. So, so, so there it is, folks. There is the introduction to our wonderful guest, Leslie Anstoffel. Leslie, let's talk
2: about. Um, let's start. in, in go Canada first. Yeah. Um, there's been a number of uh, recent news stories in Canada. There's a new bill that they uh, have made it illegal to use the wrong pronouns, where you can actually be thrown in jail for calling somebody something that offends them. Uh, but there, there is even more uh, dangerous things going on in Canada. You have the Islamization of, of Canada, and uh, just yesterday, the Prime Minister, uh, Trinidad, he wore Muslim, uh, these Ramadan socks, while attending a gay pride parade. Uh, and there's a lot going yeah, on.
1: Man, there's so much wrong. <laughs> Leslie, uh, <laughs> no, get the duct tape because my, it, it's, <laughs> things are going to start. Blood vessels are just going to start. It's going to go. Welcome
3: <laughs> to my world. Yeah. Blood head exploding Um, with this guy. Yeah. He – where do we even start? Okay. He – it came out a number of months ago that he – is actually partnering with George Soros to have open borders in Canada. He also partners with Obama and it's been rumored but it's 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 actually been in the news that Hillary and Obama actually these nefarious characters actually helped get him elected. It wouldn't have been too hard because I know people were tired of Harper and you know in comparison to Harper he's you know got the fluffy nice hair and he's got the nice name and everything so people were sort of ready for change. How familiar does that sound? So he is wanting to he has already put through a bill where terrorists with dual citizenship like this Tunisian stabber that stabbed the cop in. I forget the state it was, but it was just recent. If that guy Michigan. gets out of jail, yeah, if that guy gets out of jail, when and if he doesn't, come back here, he will be able to keep his citizenship, because court, and the, the, the terrorists who went after Prime Minister uh, Harper to behead him and all this stuff, there was a plot for that, They also get to keep their citizenship. So this guy is such a danger, and he also has like about 12 Muslims in his cabinet. Now, I don't have a problem with Muslims if they're not, if they're going to renounce Sharia law and jihad, fine. But these, um, many of these that he has. In his cabinet do not do that they actually have ties to the muslim brotherhood and nefarious groups and um this ikra khalid this uh pakistani muslim she has put forth a motion for uh to quell all islamophobia in canada using the full extent of the law like i'm paraphrasing there but um, this has alarmed many many people because islamophobia they they say you're mentally ill if you want to criticize the jihad both violent and cultural which is completely unacceptable because what this does is it it you know so look what they're doing they're letting terrorists keep their citizenship and they're stopping trying to stop Canadians from speaking out so that's really so concerning and then my whole thing too is this puts a sharia state a, a, a caliphate, a growing caliphate, on the northern border of the U.S., where there are many places on this border where people can just walk through. So this is actually, I believe, from what I can tell, and I have pretty good instincts, that Trudeau is being used as a puppet by the Soros people and the globalists to thwart President Trump and keep these people marching through North America to hurt the U.S.
2: You know, that's... um. One thing that we've seen from Trudeau is he is vehemently anti-Trump. He almost um, mimics Obama in some ways. It's oh. uh, pretty interesting. Uh, almost yeah. like he uh, idolized Obama and, and wanted to copy uh, some of his style and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this: the what is what is, in your mind? What is the uh, Feelings of the citizens there. I mean, obviously, these politicians, the media, always likes to paint a false uh, picture of reality, and push it as the truth. What are the everyday average Canadian citizens? Uh, where are their heads at with this?
3: Well, from what I can tell, a lot of, a lot of people on social media are becoming red pilled. They're become they're starting to understand that we're in trouble because he's giving billions of dollars away to, you know, in a globalist sense to under, he 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 really is the UN's, you know, poster boy, and he's g- giving money away that belongs to Canadians, and many Canadians are getting really, really mad, and, um but then there there's the other sort of sheeple types that sort of walk around with their head in the sand, and they don't even really care or know what's going on. But um, I keep continuing to try to show people, look, we're in a big trouble here with this guy. And the other part of this is we have a horrible mainstream media. I mean, it's awful. The CBC, the CTV, the Global, and we actually pay the CBC, the Canadians do, like the BBC. And they are literally a propaganda, like Pravda arm for his liberal government. It's really bad. Like, it's, it's actual brainwashing. And so that's why I work so hard on social media to try to tell people what's really going on.
1: Well, are are you in danger in Canada? Are are you in danger because of, what is that, emotion 103?
3: Well, okay, this is the thing, uh, Doug. Not yet, because what they did was they said, well, we've got all these. Even though the statistics don't bear it out, Jewish people are actually the ones that get more of the... So-called hate crimes, and it's the, the, the actual hate crimes in Canada compared to our population is really, really small. But what they did was they supposedly got she this. It got 70,000 signatures, which we don't even know if they're true or not because we haven't even seen them. And so she said, "This is all these things are happening, this Islamophobia, and we have to get this motion sent through so we can... Now they're doing a study. So what it is, it's a witch hunt. You have to pass the thing as a motion to finally see what's in it. Do you know what I mean? And then they start doing this witch hunting stuff for people to find the Islamophobia. It, it, it's absolutely... Out of like out of the Soviet Union kind of stuff,
2: or out of two thousand and nine House of Representatives when Nancy Pelosi uh, yeah. talked about Obamacare as oh you'll have to pass it to read what's inside of it. Exactly, exactly. That's, crazy. that's where
3: I got that little line from because it was the same kind of thing.
2: And, uh, this
1: is absolutely fascinating. Uh, so so we see Trudeau. Uh, setting this or uh, working, working in conjunction with the globalists, including but not limited to Soros. And, and I would
2: suspect that there's some communication with, uh, with our shadow government here oh, yeah. by Obama, yeah. right? I mean, he's adopted, you know, every, the most far out liberal policies pushing for those, uh, yeah. you know, pushing for, you know, the, the refugees. And, and, um, what's really interesting, uh, Leslie, that, uh, you mentioned is that Canada wanting to, uh, allow, Convicted terrorist to keep their citizenship yeah, after yeah. a terrorist attack. That's um that that's like what uh I think it's Sweden is doing. They they even allow um, in the UK are allowing uh, ISIS battle hardened soldiers who leave uh-huh. the battlefield citizenship and and uh, welfare programs in some of these countries. And it looks uh-huh. like Canada uh-huh. is following right along. And that's probably one of the most ex- the most extreme cases of of um. You know this immigration, and you mentioned it also. The well, know, what is it? Ninety percent of the the population of Canada lives within ten or twenty miles of the U.S. border, and uh-huh. you know the these people are using Canada and the border with the U.S. Uh, as a, a way around the the U.S.'s um, you know immigration and uh, enforcement. So, yeah, as you
1: said, and Joe, as you, as
2: you as you guys indicated,
1: that means that the Tunisian slash Canadian jihadist that stabbed the uh, police officer the other day. When he gets back to Canada uh, Can keep their citizenship And Mm -hmm. and that's that's just ridiculous But okay I didn't mean to take you off your stride But uh, I I just find it interesting though, That that, that your belief Is that the powers that be are using Trudeau using the whole system To create this jihadist haven in Canada In part to attack the United States And working very closely With Mm -hmm. um, Obama's agenda Facilitating jihad in North America I mean I think you nailed it right there
3: yeah, no, I haven't heard anybody else say that, and it's only my to my instinct from what I've gathered from looking at all of this information 24/7. That's that's the only that's just one of the things that I can see is happening here. Because if you, when we look at the the really diabolical things that these people are doing, it, it just makes sense. And also, what I was going to mention about our um, about Trudeau and his this Ikra Khalid and these other ones behind this M103 basically what they're doing I wrote about this too in one of my articles for Geller about this it, it, they're using psychological warfare on can, uh, Canadians because they're calling us all Islamophobes and you're all a bunch of racists and bigots. Mm-hmm. If you want to keep your, you know, keep Canada safe, keep Canada good for the for the people who are escaping this stuff and want to come here as a safe haven, it won't be. And so they call us, they they, you know, he smears all Canadians as Islamophobes, even though, okay, so if we're Islamophobes, why are you inviting these people here? Aren't we all going to attack these people and abuse them? You know, what, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but what he does is he, he's causing great psychological stress on his citizens for no reason at all, except to, to just, um, you know, uh, cause extreme problems for us.
1: I, I, you're you're exactly right. And by the way, the word Islamophobia is a, is just ridiculous. Phobia is an irrational fear. Islam is you know I, I don't know. Just look at Sweden. Look at what's going on in Europe, and tell me that there's an irrational fear of, of the Islamization of countries. And I would say to you that uh, not you personally, uh, but you know it's just ridiculous. But okay, that, yeah, this and uh, so it doesn't make sense at its face what Trudeau's doing. Uh, even if he believes what he's saying, I guess.
3: Mm-hmm. But there is also, there's also, I did a video on this too about a year ago on another show, that uh, there are there are video and pictures that Trudeau, people believe he went and visited actually a radical so-called radical mosque. It's kind of near me, and he uh, became a Muslim. That's what people think. Really? What, yeah. And Tarek Fatah, who is, um, is, you've probably heard of him. He's a Muslim, moderate Muslim from Pakistan here in Canada. He writes for the Sun, uh, the Toronto Sun, I think. He was the one that broke that, and he said, the only people who can do what Trudeau was doing within that mosque is somebody who has become a Muslim.
2: Wow. Okay. You know, there's something we saw here. That puts
1: yeah. on a different complexion on things.
2: It's something, uh, a weird phenomenon that we've seen here in the U.S. with a number of high-ranking government officials, and even some military officials, you know, secretly um, converting to Islam. You know, uh-huh. uh, from uh-huh. people like John the Brennan CIA? to...
3: Yeah, the CIA guy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Right. That to me was really scary, actually.
2: And there's a, there's a laundry list of other, uh, not only, uh, you know, people with high positions in, in politics, but also celebrities. We see a lot of... Uh, I've seen a lot of uh, celebrities, even the, the female celebrities, you know, doing photo shoots with the burkas on uh, and, Mm -hmm. you know, promoting Islam. It is very strange. And then, you know, I know you guys see this in Canada and here also, you have this merger, this incestuous relationship between Islam and LGBT people, which, under Korea, it's like the most toxic thing you can have, but I guess... It's uh,
3: very, very strange. What I can think of in the future is, you see, they're just being used... uh, by the left, the left that's in, you know, partnering with the is with Islam, with um, to Islamize us, and then when it, the time comes, they will throw the LGBTQ people under the bus, basically as a, as an offering, you know, because that's what happens in these situations. These fascist type um, people use parts of the population to gain control and power, and then they throw them under the bus, and you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know Anything's possible now
2: (laughs) Man This is (laughs) So what's the next step I guess uh, Exactly I mean We've seen uh, You know here in the US We have the the groups The the LGBT groups The other groups That are Making a lot of noise They're trying to change things In the the social world And I think a lot of people Figure out That when they start calling For special rights uh, I, I think people Stop paying attention it seems like in yeah. Canada, the Prime Minister is uh, taking those calls and actually implementing laws based on that, giving yeah. these people special rights, even over uh, Canadian citizens. Mm-hmm. Where do you think this is going to go? Yeah. Do you think we're going to see uh, people being locked up for being critical of Islam or critical of um, you know, the LGBT movement?
3: I, I think we could. I really do. I think we yeah. could. And um, on the Islamic issue, that's why I would like my American friends who don't want a Sharia-compliant state on their northern border to begin lobbying your congr- your congressional people, your lawmakers, to tie in uh, maybe trade deals with these sorts of laws where he's allowing this kind of stuff to help us get this kind of thing stopped or at least thwarted.
1: Okay. Yeah. It, okay. That was reasonable. Um. Wh- what's your thoughts? What are your thoughts about the? Uh, I'll say travel ban that that's been r- given new life uh, by the Supreme Court today.
3: Well, I'm I'm all for that sort of thing. Like I, I've been, st- I I actually have been, have been studying this worldwide global jihad since 2008, and I'm talking 24/7. Mm-hmm. So I know what's going on now. I agree with this sort of a ban. I believe in taking a hard line with these people, because that's the only thing they understand. And if they start to understand that President Trump is in control and he's going to take control and he's going to uh, protect his people, it starts to make them think a bit. And I'm sure... Uh, I've I've interviewed uh, Dr. Sebastian Gorka for my show, and um, I'm sure he is working behind the scenes with President Trump. There are things going on that they need to do for other reasons that they're not telling us why they need to do this.
1: Okay. And I I have a tendency to agree with you on that. I think there's a lot of things going on in the back back of what we're seeing that Mm -hmm. we're not seeing. Yeah.
4: Whereas Obama
3: used to say, "Excuse me, everybody. On Tuesday next week at 4 p.m., we're going to be at so and so, and you can find us there." And blah, blah blah, you know, wink wink, nod nod. Whereas Trump doesn't tell anything, which is what you need to do because they're actually we're actually in a in a war here.
1: Amen. It, it, thank you. Yes, we are in a war, and, and, and that the the spoils of war are well, our, our culture, mm-hmm. our language, our civilization. Our children, you know, and, and I I got to tell you, I really love your approach to everything uh, on your website and your social networking. I really, really am a fan of yours. Now, we've got about five minutes left. Two, two questions. Number one, how can we as an audience and uh, our platform help RealClearIsrael.org and Leslie and Stoffel number one, and number two, within the five minutes left, is there anything, any other message that, that you know, that you want to get out that we haven't covered so I'm just going to kick it, kick it to you
3: well if they go to therealclearisrael.org um, <laughs> excuse me I'm just getting over a cold and I still have this funny voice thing and cough um, they can uh, fi- uh, find all my social media there and, and follow me there I've also started a YouTube channel if they so wish they can you know help donate just to keep things going but I do work for United with Israel and then I also do another job here in Canada when I'm here to save up money to go back to Israel and, um, let's see, but it's not necessary that they donate at all. I'm just saying that um and they can also uh just you know just as as another as grassroots people, all of us, please just try to get the message out on on all of your your platforms and even just talking to your neighbors and friends because our our Western civilization really does hang in the balance, but if we all work together. And we, we work and we pray. I believe we can win it, but it's not going to be easy.
2: I, I agree. And, uh, you know, the, as you said, Dad, the spoils are the um, the culture in our society and the minds of the people. And I did a pre recorded interview with Dave Hodges where we talked about the ideology of, of fascism and communism, basically the totalitarian ideology. And one thing that was interesting, it talked about. Um, I think it was Marx that was being quoted, but it really applies today about how the the ideology is used as a weapon in order uh, to deconstruct and destroy society in order to rebuild it for right. the purposes of creating a new man, and mm-hmm. you know that is all for the the good of the party and and um, you know the agenda has nothing to do with the the foundations of our country, and when we see such extreme uh, shifts in in. Uh, away from the truth, for whatever reason. But here we, you know, the Islam issue is seems to be front and center, uh, and has mm-hmm. been for a few years. Uh, it's really troubling to see how far what these people's goals are um, just yeah. lines up completely with history. About you know the uh, all the terrible governments we've seen, the this communist governments and Nazi governments, it's really close. But to see the leaders and the government, and the media and law enforcement, as we see in Canada, um, adapting these the same mentality. Mm-hmm. it's very troubling we have yeah. a,
3: a our you guys our RCMP actually helps the the fake refugees that are coming over the border from the US running away from the US our RCMP help carry their their luggage
1: <laughs> yeah too. yeah and i think i think there might be a of the picture or a <laughs> video and pictures you know about that it's just ridiculous mm-hmm.
2: um, so uh, wow real quick uh, in the few minutes we have left israel um, yeah. The what? What's we? My my dad mentioned the attack on the um, the Israeli police. soldier, uh, police who who was stabbed uh, by the Palestinians.
3: Um, yes, Hadas Malka was her
2: name. Okay. Has the uh, we haven't seen a lot of stories, um, one way or the other. Ha, has uh, Israel been pretty stable? I know that over the, I mean, we've seen the um, the rise in of violence and rockets being launched. I haven't seen any of that recently though. But with this latest attack, is there um, anything else going on that we need to answer? Well, there has been.
3: It's it's not been covered a lot in in the mainstream media, of course. But this what they've called the um, knife intifada has been going on since about 2015, and many many people, a lot of people, have died, and soldiers have been attacked and died, and. They've had a, a lot of these uh, problems going on for quite a while. So, this is just part if you see you stab them in their necks. This comes from the Quran. This is how it ha- happened to the policeman just by the guy in Tunisia. This is the global jihad. This is what we're all fighting. So, you know, and um, but yeah, Israel is constantly dealing with this kind of stuff. Um, the rockets haven't been flying lately, but who knows?
2: Have there been any ISIS attacks in Israel?
3: Yes, there there have been a couple of uh, attacks where ISIS did claim responsibility. So that's a very uh, big uh, problem as well, because the landmass, you know, is so small, so tiny, that it's it poses a big problem if some of these people either infiltrate or can become so-called, you know, radical, or, you know, uh, infiltrate, um, what's the word to be brought into ISIS? So,
2: okay. Yeah. Um, and is it because the way that Israel uh, deals, you know, they do their profiling, uh, that we don't see more ISIS-inspired attacks in Israel? Is there a reason? I,
3: I'm, yeah, I'm sure it is. They've, act, they've got really great security. Uh, everywhere you go, actually, you, you're checked. I mean, if you go into the mall, if you go in anywhere, you're going through a security check. Uh, government buildings, anything. Um, they of course have uh, ch- uh, checks on the road, security checks on the road. So a lot of these uh, attacks are thwarted a lot more than we would ever know.
1: Understood. Okay. And that's, that's that's the way it should be. Leslie Ann Stoffel, real well, the therealclearisrael.org, dot the realclearisrael.org on Twitter at real clear israel leslie ann stoffel thank you so very much i, I do come back please
3: i love to i i just adore you too i watch you all the time and i'm just thrilled too.
1: Well, to. well we love you. you we you're just doing such great work getting the word out keep on keeping the fight going and uh we'll be in touch god bless you
3: okay okay thank all you right. bless you guys
1: all right God bless, bless you too. that's leslie is just a fabulous fabulous and knowledgeable man is she knowledgeable Talk to her for 10 minutes, and most of these moron meathead people like Rob Reiner could could learn a a whole bunch from Leslie Ann Stoffel. Of course, it wouldn't take much for meathead and people like De Niro and idiots like that. But go ahead. Network break. We'll be right back after this. It's a small company in Florida. They created something called the G-Mag Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat, really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a thing you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG Chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP-proof. And it's environmentally friendly, yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid. When other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night, go to greennovative.com. That's greennovative.com
7: You should have a minute, man. The survival stove so, in an ammo can.
4: PreciousTimberProfits.com PreciousTimberProfits.com
2: And hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We have a uh, returning guest who uh, is a friend of the show. John McTiernan, his website, DefendProclaimTheFaith.org. He's an author of several books, and he's done numerous uh, appearances on a whole host of television shows. We're going to be talking about a number of things, including America, Israel, and Bible prophecy. One of uh, my favorite books of, of Mr. McTiernan's is As America Has Done to Israel. Mr. McTiernan, welcome back to the show.
7: Yes, hello. I'm glad to be back. Can you hear me?
2: Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear.
7: Okay. Uh yes, I'm glad to have you back and um ready to go for I guess we're gonna cover a lot of ground tonight.
2: Yeah, we are. And um I guess there there's no shortages of things to talk about. Uh what would you like to start with, uh, John? Well, I
7: mean uh Israel is always um Even when it's not on the front burner, it is, really. And, of course, the political situation here in the United States, and I think one thing, well, I mean, we've got what's going on in North Korea, but what I think is critically important now is the Islamic destabilization of Europe. And there are certain countries in Europe, Sweden in particular, that is ready to go under um this is really serious what's going on so i mean there are forest fires burning uh, all over the world now
2: yeah there is and we see this huge push um but what's really troubling is you know this um this islamic agenda and in, in this uh, into the west um and not, what's troubling about it is the the backing it has from the elite The power elite, a new world order, if you will, all across the globe. Whether it's the governments in in Europe or in America or Canada, as we were just talking about with our last guest, it it seems that uh, these people uh, who are pushing this agenda have a a greater agenda in mind. There, there is no other uh, reason for them to be pushing this so hard to the point where even they they justify uh, terror attacks. You know, they talk about them. As though there's some, uh, you know, once in a lifetime random rare thing. And then they demonize the people who are out there, you know, drawing attention to, to this ideology of death, which is Islam. And that's probably the most troubling thing I see is the, the acceptance and the pushing of this culture of death into our society.
7: Well, what we have going on
2: here, you're absolutely
7: right, but the foundation of it In America, well, I'll say the Western world. You know, wherever, well, the West, England, um, Europe, the United States, Canada, New Zealand, uh, Australia, is an absolute uh, rejection of the Western culture um, by a certain segment of the population. Anything to do with Western culture, they despise, they reject. And that to them Western culture is the source of all evil and it must be destroyed. Um the the population that believes this is um it's growing rapidly and it's being fueled as I see it by the colleges. And in America in particular, well no, that's not true. It's in Europe, it's all throughout the West, is they despise our Christian background and heritage. Um, they absolutely despise it. So I, I I guess about 20 years ago, when I first started to engage the Muslims, about 20 years ago now, I noticed some of their rhetoric was like almost word for word that of the hard, I call them the hard left here in America. Well, not only in America, in the West. And I began to ponder this, and I said, on the surface they look um, they look um, so radically different I mean when you get atheists and the hard left here we'll just say in America and then you get Muslims who have their religious views they look how could they be compatible but what it is is the root when you get down at the root They both hate the West and culture, Merck in particular, and they hate the God of the Bible and they hate the Bible. And that's the unity. That's the unity. And I've watched this blossom now to the point where it's out in the open, where the hard left, I call it a mind meld. Um, Uhm, hard left, mind meld, M-E-L-D, you know, they're coming to merging together. Uh, the two of them emerging together yeah and you could you could see it in the protests where uh, they'll have they'll be protesting and it'll be led by um uh some and antifa that group or um yeah antifa some, some antifa yeah and and some group like that and who's with them but the muslims
2: yeah yeah there is this um you know what i call an incestuous relationship between the, the LGBT community, Islam, the left, uh, even Hollywood, and they glorify Islam as though it's some, you know, they, they call it the religion of peace. Um, but from the, the, anybody who has looked into the Quran or the Hadith, uh, it's obvious it's not a religion of peace and just look at the actions of many, uh, that we see constantly. I, this is what I don't understand the, as you said, they hate the, the Western society, they think it's, you know, the great Satan. But then they they come here, many come here, and they demand, you know, that it be changed to a Sharia-style government. Or, you know, it's very... I, we've never seen, at least in my time, uh, an ideology that has basically been taken over, I believe, by the, we'll just call them the New World Order, uh, because I think they see this as as a way... Uh, into you know infiltrating and changing the foundations of america but that's not going to you know maybe in in some of the big cities it, it might be trendy now to to be on the side of of the of terrorism and islam but that's not going to fly with most of america but they keep pushing
7: well what we have now is a uh, a breaking up of america we have a uh, hard core of the hard left but I'm going to say, I may be wrong, but I'm going to say it's 20%, 25%. And it's centered in um, California, New York, and then a lot of the uh, big cities. You know, there's, that's where you'll find the element. And I, I think the energizing force of it is the uh college campuses, of course, with the media. But the the, the recruiting and the training is coming from the college courses. And then you have the rest of America. And this is very dangerous because um, they're convinced in their minds that we are fascists, racists, and whatever else they add to it. (laughs) Uh, When, in fact, they're the ones. (laughs) What they, they call us is exactly what they are. But they're convinced of this. They're easily manipulable. Um, they can be, I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that they can be easily led into violence now, which we've already seen. Um, but I'm talking about, you know, Civil War type violence.
2: No, you're absolutely They're, right. Now, sorry to jump so, in there, John, but. No, 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 no that's ahead. quite,
7: that's quite all right. No, we're primed now for, um, bloodshed and violence here in America. And I've been watching for all of these groups to kind of unite into one umbrella. And the uh, Gay Pride Parade in Los Angeles, uh, which is one of the largest ones, they changed it from Gay Pride to, I think, Resistance. And under that Gay Pride umbrella now, a lot of the, the groups... Uh, came under that umbrella. So they actually changed it from gay pride to resistance. That's what I've been looking for. That's the key to this, them yeah. uh, uniting.
2: No, you're exactly right. And uh, there was a number, I, I published a few articles or, or put a few articles on Hagman Report that talked about this, how the LGBT movement and other similar movements are not even... Uh, Really promoting their own cause anymore they have become vehemently anti trump movements and they've been there's a lot of uh, infighting we just saw recently um, black lives matter issued a uh, letter uh, because they were upset and angry over the LGBT pride parade and police wearing the uh, putting the decals on their car and whatnot but there's a lot of infighting in these groups you have even uh, regular LGBT people who've attended these pride parades for years being Uh, basically thrown out because of their support for Trump. It seems like uh, there are are certain facets in these groups that are starting to cannibalize themselves, and that's not sitting well with some people. But these people are the minority, you know, who are um, the LGBT people who who do support Trump, that you don't really hear a lot of news about it. But it is is a big deal. It's a bigger deal than I think a lot of people are, are talking about.
7: It's it's something I regularly watch, and I do post it on my blog uh, when I see it, and on my Facebook page, because um, you look at the brown shirts under the Nazis. They were a conglomerate of criminals, uh, homosexuals, drug addicts, occultists, and Hitler used them to destabilize Germany. They they would uh, assassinate people they would um, beat people up they would intimidate politicians and then uh hitler rode them to uh, power and of course when he came to power and consolidated it he d- he destroyed them uh because he knew he couldn't they were dangerous mm-hmm. um, the, the night of the long knives there in germany uh when when the ss annihilated the sa but that's what I see here. I see this conglomerate of when I look at these um, uh, resistance movements. So I don't want to call them parades. Well, sometimes they are parades. What do I see? I see the communist flag. I see anarchists. I see Black Lives Matter. I see uh, Muslim groups. Um, they they seem to be uniting now. And how in the world? Can the Muslims unite with the homosexuals or the other way around? How can the homosexuals unite with the Muslims? I, I mean um, it's like they're giving them the rope to hang them. It's amazing their minds this is spiritual this is there's really a spiritual component to this because they can't think anymore. They really can't and they are blind with rage and hatred for America you know I know it's against Trump but Trump like represents us so it isn't all against him as an individual it's against the what classically we think of America that's That's what they're raging about and that's why this group is so dangerous they completely reject and hate everything America stands for and they are really heading towards violence and I believe, as I mentioned already, they're easily manipulable. They can be easily led into this.
2: No, you're absolutely right. So, what do you, uh, me, what I see transpiring? This, this, uh, you know, we at first you thought, you know, maybe it was some something that would go away. Obviously, it hasn't. The media has played a large role into continuing to delegitimize Trump and his agenda. Uh, with, you know, false news, false accusations and stories on a, almost a daily basis. My concern is if this attitude continues uh, to move forward the way it has when maybe a, a more progressive leader gets into office, the dangers that will pose to the, to the regular everyday Americans, you know, who are pushing for this uh, agenda. And one thing that's also uh, troubling is with Trump, in the media, you know, from his inauguration speech to his his message to his agenda to make America great again, these people take it as it's some sort of uh, they they call it Hitlerian, which is very troubling to me because for a U.S. president to say he wants to make the country great again, for that to be able to be spun into some you know nationalistic uh, tyrannical fascist movement. It's just mind-boggling, and my, that raises my concerns. You know what, what's going to happen when a, uh, one of the, a more extreme leader uh, from the other side of the aisle gets in. Um, you know, I, I can just see it already. It's it's uh, this is how you know the, the genocide from governments uh, historically have happened in the past from these kind of, of movements and, and attitudes.
7: Well, um, Bill Ayers was um reported to have said by an undercover FBI agent back in the seventies. Uh, yeah, that uh when they took power they'd have to kill I think twenty twenty million hardcore Americans. Yep. And this is this is no um just brush it off because think of what happened when the communists came to power in Russia. I couldn't tell you how many people were killed between Lenin and Stalin and the war, the, the, uh, the uh, red and white war there that took place. And uh, I don't know, I, millions upon millions and millions. I mean, they starved to death like six million Ukrainians alone. Yep, yep. When when they took over in Poland, they, they killed who knows how many. In Germany, all in China, look, look what happened in China. I think it was estimated 100 million that were purged by the Chinese communists.
2: Um, yeah, we were just talking yeah. about this on Hodges, the democide in the 20th century being the leading cause of death, and democide is death by, by government. And it is the direct result of these uh, government systems, You know, whether it's fascism or communism or whatever it is. And we seem to be dangerously close from the rhetoric of the other side. Um, that, you know, with that's the what right I'm saying. Leader. Yeah.
7: But you're exactly right. We have to take this serious. Now, the reason they say this about Trump is Hitler, one of his, what do you want to call it? Uh, Hitler's, uh, themes was like to make Germany great again. Well, that was one of his nationalistic themes. So that's why they picked this up with Trump and they hate America. They, they, we have to come to this realization. This isn't like a difference years ago between the Democrats and the Republicans. Should we increase Social Security or not? Or should we have this new um, plan? And It's not like that now. There is an element that wants to destroy America. Um, they have a lot of power. Um, they're in... Uh, the, the, you can see it in the movie industry. You can see it in the media. Uh, the Democratic Party is riddled with it, although they do have their element in the Republican Party, too. Um, the, it's the, the, the educational system. I mean, they openly teach, um, just horrific lies. Yeah, there was, if you want to call it sins in America. But what nation doesn't have it? You know, where does their utopia, where does it exist? So they pick out, um uh, problems and that's all they harp on and they they teach these uh students coming in America's evil America's evil look what it did look what it that's all they hear so we have this hardcore element and what they're really upset with with Trump and make uh, make America uh, you know great again is they want us merged into you mentioned earlier you can call it the new world order or the um one-world government, that was their goal, to strip us down, to kind of like um, neutralize us, that we would fit neatly into their new world order. And if you have that in mind, uh, what Obama did, it fits perfectly. Because I used to hear these newscasters say, doesn't Obama understand that when he does this, this happens in a you know bad. Only if he would understand, and I'm yelling at the TV, you idiot! He knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> he wants to bring us down. If Obama says I want to strengthen the middle class, it means he wants to destroy it. If he says this bill will create jobs, it'll it'll destroy jobs. If this is good for trade, it means it's stripping our workforce away from us in America. Healthcare, oh, every affordable, and you can keep your own doctor. And whatever the man says, you take 180 degrees, and there you go. So, his, he was fulfilling his agenda perfectly.
2: Yes. Yes, he was. So, uh, John, comparing this to times where America fought communism and the communist ideology, you know, basically, uh, Declaring war on it in every area of the world, including here at home, uh, almost to a fault. How does this come? I mean, is it a complete opposite, where we now have the the powers that be in this country and the media, almost accepting this ideology and pushing on the people, versus in the past it was you know number one enemy of the state. How does this how does this compare with the times of communism?
7: Well. um what we have now is part of this uh, repudiation of America, um, is to to a certain segment of the. Well, let me let me phrase this. Let me say this. I think that communism exists today um, only in the colleges in America. Um, it, the Russians have rejected it. In fact, Putin made statements. He kind of warned, I don't know if it was Bush or Obama, I forget now, but he warned them not to go down the road to communism. Um, the Chinese are more capitalistic than we are. You know, it, it collapsed. Communism coll- collapses. It can't function, but it's in the mind. It's almost like a uh, I like, oh, I can't think of the word, when you when you think something is really glorious and all, in the mind of these uh, professors here, they've rejected Western culture. They rejected American capitalism, which is a part of it. So what looks good to them, this belief in communism and everybody's equal, everybody's equal. So what's failed all over the world, these people are trying to promote now.
2: Yeah. And it, it's it's um, you know for I think it's turned a lot of people off to the you know the news we see um, the majority of I guess the a good indicator or a partial indicator would be the special elections the left and, and the media have been you know before each election have been saying it's a it's a referendum on Trump or it's a you know this is going to show how the people are are against Trump the. Average everyday American citizens, all, you know, from the West Coast to the East Coast, don't seem, uh, they seem to be seeing through the lies of the media or not caring uh, enough to even listen to what they say. But these people continue to push and push and push, you know, this crazy agenda. And, and I think you're, you're right. About 20, maybe 25% of the people have actually bought into it for whatever reason. Do you think they're going to be able to continue to gain followers with the approach that they have now you know the continuing of the, the fake news and the, the undermining Trump or do you think that we're going to see their tactics change soon
7: no I, no, I think they've really got everybody they're going to get there's there's a, a friend there's a small percentage that maybe are still open but I think we're at about 65 to 70 percent now from everything I'm reading Because the American population is gelling, and they're completely um, turning away from the mainstream media, and they've got sources of information like your show and my blog, and that. Um, Of course, there's huge ones out there, but um, they've got um, they've got other sources. So what I think is happening, though, is that twenty to twenty-five percent is getting more radicalized. You could look at it like uh, ISIS working with uh, uh, the Muslims, and we use the terminology they're radicalizing them. That's what I see happening now with the hard left, and especially on the college campuses, they're radicalizing. You know, before they had they had these opinions, <clears throat> and the they would go to school and they would keep their opinions and they wouldn't act on them most for the most part. But now we see them uh, radicalizing the, uh, this element, and that's where the great danger is. And remember, it doesn't take all that many to destabilize a nation. Right. If you have 20% of the population like that, and they're ready for they're ready for anarchy, and they're ready to destroy the American government and the uh, the people like us. I mean, they can inflict a tremendous amount of damage.
2: What was the, uh, the, the Revolutionary War? They said, what, three to five percent of the people, um, you know, really, what was the, the amount of people it took to, um, to do what they did to, to win the independence? And the number you just said, 20 percent, uh, you know, that's a, if you, if you put that into that perspective, then it's, it's a real eye opener. And one of our listeners uh, sent us an email, and, and the, she makes a good point about the. A lot of these people don't have uh, a political agenda. We know that Soros and the Obama uh, administration and his you know groups are paying people to protest. You know uh, that's how a lot of the anti stuff started. They're getting paid fifteen dollars an hour. To go to these different locations and, and protest, if not more money. So I wonder if them if the money stops flowing, you know how much of this will continue to see. And I'm, you're exactly right. Uh, a lot of them don't care about you know. Uh, it's not. It's just about destruction for them. They just want to tear society down, for whatever reason. And then you have you know a lot of these other groups um, piggybacking just off the resistance movement. It's just, um, you know, it's a, it's a crazy situation. The The political divide in this country is something people are are getting sick and tired of hearing about, yet it is still very important that we do uh, monitor it and, you know, continue to talk about it, even though I believe many of the people in that 20-25% category will never change their minds, just like the... The remainder, the seventy-five percent of Americans who stand for Trump and his agenda and the Constitution, are never going to change their minds. So I guess a good question is: How do we? Is there a solution in this? What can we? What can we do to um, try to work? I mean, obviously, the other side doesn't even want to. Our our opinions are automatically hateful and racist because we don't agree with them. Is there any way to to bridge the gap of through this of this divide? Well, you can reach a point of uh, no return,
7: and I think that we have uh, reached this point. Now, it may not explode tomorrow or this year, but um, it's an irreconcilable difference. And when people take on certain ideologies um, and it gets to that point of armed conflict, the ideology has to be destroyed for example nazism you know you we couldn't um, at some point if hitler, if we were crossing into germany and the russians were coming through poland into germany and hitler said okay let's have a truce now and let, let's forget it you know and all i mean in in a very short time he would rearm and you'd be at war again you know um the Japanese were the same with their Bushito philosophy, the samurai philosophy. They had to be crushed. And I, mm-hmm. I, and I'm looking at this out there with this, um, this hard left ideology. They don't offer really anything. If you notice that, have you noticed that? All they want to do is like destroy America.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. The, I mean,
7: and there's no, there's no discussion. They'll, you, you, you try and talk to them. You, you're a fa- they have these little slogans, these mindless slogans that they yell and their minds are like gone. Um, so how do you, and if these people, if there's significant numbers, which there are, and they're willing to do anything to destroy America and they're all ginned up by Soros money and by, uh, CNN and, um uh, the New York times and all of that. I mean, how does it, how do you get out of this unless there's like a physical confrontation?
2: That's a great, great question. And I wish we had the, the answers. You know. Oh that's yeah. What I'm concerned about that's really the only, I mean, that's the only reason that I continue to focus on it and, and talk about it is because I see a point in time coming where with the right leader, uh, or even if they're not even an elected official, I it will. I mean, there are. it's already become violent. But to the point where it will, um, you know, get out of control, where we're having civil unrest in, in American cities, I think at this rate is fast approaching. Now, it could be squashed out because of the, you know, it's not the whole. It's very few, even in the 25% group. I'd say maybe uh, just a, a smaller percentage, uh, maybe 5% of those, 25% will mobilize, get in the streets, and and, and do these types of things. Um, but it, it it's just a very, tr- it is very troubling when you see the media justifying the things like the terrorist attacks, justifying the violence from the left-hand side just to political opposition speech, not even hate speech or anything that they claim, but just, you know, from people like Ann Coulter being not unable to speak at Berkeley and riots started with Milo and it's just, it's it's um, very frustrating. And the hypocrisy from the media has not gone unnoticed. And, you know, it's just, um, and we don't have to focus on this all evening, but you know, just a, here's a great example, and we've seen a little bit of this today. There's been a few people who have been fired from their positions, whether it's at CNN or uh, there was the, a lady who was on Tucker Carlson a few weeks ago uh, who was talking about a Memorial Day celebration for blacks only. I can't remember her name. And then there was another reporter who talked about how the auto, uh, the kid from North Korea who came back in a coma and died, how his white privilege uh, you know, couldn't save him. There was three people that were fired today. And then also there was three other CNN reporters today who had resigned over the fake news scandal uh, that they retracted on the Trump-Russia story this last weekend. So we're seeing a little bit of pushback. But the, um, in Hollywood, you know, calling for violence against Trump, John Cusack was the latest today, uh, put a, on his Twitter, um it said, to Trump, and then it said, you're dead, go get buried, or something like that, something real weird. But it, it's like, the, um, it, it's becoming trendy, almost, to call for the death of the president. So if we can, I want to kind of switch gears from the political divide to the actual president and his agenda. This whole you know false investigation of obstruction of i mean they've thrown everything but and with the kitchen sink at trump and nothing has stuck do you see a legitimate way where they can continue to generate scandals uh, do you see a legitimate way where they're going to have any effect on on trump as his position as the president getting him to resign or whatever
7: no no uh, and i've been uh telling people all along i've been saying just just Relax, let this work its way through um, Because I see a spiritual component to this uh, The the miraculous election of Trump uh, His stand that he's taking for Israel And um, we might be able to talk about that later um, And I, I felt that um, th- there was a, uh, a spiritual component to his election and that, because of that spiritual component that uh he would weather this and get through it and then uh, run the uh his agenda that he's promised, so I don't think now the danger of this and um is we're dealing with extremely ruthless people, there is trillions of dollars by him making America first he's stripping away these um uh one world businesses and all these dealings as trillions of dollars involved um you know I wouldn't put a pass them to uh um, uh try and take Trump out physically
2: you know um, yeah no, I mean that's uh that's a real possibility and the, uh, there's no shortage of, of people who have been calling for it and that's a very uh, disturbing trend, especially coming from, you know, Hollywood and whatnot. But we're seeing some pushback to that, thankfully, finally from the media even. Um, uh, which, you know, one thing, one thing that, that is fascinating about this Trump presidency, whether you like him or not, just by him being a political outsider, by him just becoming president, and whether you, it's him you like or his agenda, which I hope it's the latter, um, he's been able just by his own presence in the, in the office of the presidency his enemies and the enemies of this country have been all exposing themselves as such due to their resistance of him and his agenda and if there's one positive thing that comes from all this negativity it's just that you can tell who who doesn't like this country and who is is. Uh, what I would say is that co- they have the cognitive dissonance in their mind because um, these people are, 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 you know, making themselves look like fools in the public eye. Even, you know, the CNNs and the MSNBCs and the pundits and writers from the New York Post, or New York Times, the Washington Post. And it's very transparent to anybody who's paying attention. And the people obviously uh, support Trump and uh, they support the agenda. And again, it goes back to what you said the spiritual component here. And that's one thing that Definitely connects you know these these resistance groups, whether it 's the LGBT pride movements or the um, Islamic movements uh, or whatever it is that line up together to resist trump it is uh, there is a lot of s- a spiritual component in here now if we can oh go ahead
7: no i i, I it 's very important what you were saying the spiritual component because if we look at it just politically. Um, we we miss a lot. What we're seeing is um, really almost all these groups are rooted in. If you look at them at their beliefs and all, they hate God and the Bible and the the teachings of the Bible. So you get the Muslims. The Muslims don't respect the Bible. And the teachings, they believe the Bible is full of error and uh, uh Mohammed came to correct all this error and he's the last prophet and the beliefs that we have as Christians are an abomination to the Muslims. And you get into the homosexual movement. I mean what movement could bring the homosexuals and the Muslims together? <laughs> and then you get into yeah. the communists and you get into all these other groups. They're they're seeding with hatred and they, they hate the Christian roots of America, so there is definitely a, like I said, I could hear the terminology of the Muslims was virtually word for word that of the hard left, and that's how I begin this, like, search of what they think alike, but they're so on the surface, they're so different, but yet they think alike, and that's what I saw at the root. At their root is, um, that hatred, uh, for, uh, West, culture, that hatred for the West the western culture, their hatred for God and hatred for the Bible
2: yeah you know one thing that um that's uh, very that I've noticed here it's not just their hatred for the Bible and their their uh, attitude publicly that they they state as such for a long time now we have seen um, Not only our government and forces inside our government, but all across the, the New World Order, the media, they've been trying to destroy not only the Word of God, but the foundation God has, the foundations that God has established. And I'll go through a short list that I have in my mind just right now. Not only just marriage and not, you know, abortion and marriage, those are some of the hot button ones that we see, uh, that have been more public and, and more drawn out. But the attacks on man versus woman. You know, they're trying to create new genders. Um, we see, we see the attacks on, on everything. Uh, they're, they're creating, they're attacking all the foundations God has established, you know, man and woman, husband and wife, uh, natural versus artificial intelligence, uh, evolution versus intelligent design. Everything is being attacked at its foundation to the point where, uh, you know, in 20 years, th- you know, these next few generations, the Bible won't even make sense to them because they don't even have the basic, uh, foundations that were established by the Lord. When you, when you can, in Canada, when you can go to jail for calling somebody the wrong pronoun, you know, say, hey man, and oh, I'm not a man, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that tells me so much about, um, how, how involved and how, how Satan in, in his, uh, spiritual forces of darkness, have infected the minds of so many. And it's very troubling and it's it's very obvious to me. And this is going to continue to intensify. And maybe that's exactly why the you know the the media and, and many of these people are, are promoting Islam. Just despite the Lord. And we know from reading our Bible throughout history the Lord has hardened Soften and harden the hearts of, of kings and leaders and people in, in positions of power. He's used the people in positions of power, whether it's, um, you know, Nebuchadnezzar to bring Israel into captivity or Cyrus to reestablish the, it, it's been throughout history, God has, has used these people uh, for a reason. And I think it's happening again, whether it's a call to wake up those Christians who might be lukewarm or on the fence or otherwise. And when we see the, probably the most troubling aspect of all this is when the church is conforming to the world and when the church is conforming to the the crazy social justice mentality over the word of God. That's when, I mean, and that's already happened, and that's when we know that we are in big trouble spiritually and as, as a Christian uh, belief system in this country and and I guarantee we'll be you know the Christians will be targeted first and foremost more so than political enemies uh, who are perceived to be political enemies by these people well
7: uh you're absolutely right well you said a whole lot there of truth and uh, I have been saying for years and years and years that the hard left here in America hate us and it's not hatred it is a loathing it is despising as much as the uh, Nazis hated the Jews, if we think of the way the Nazis attitude towards the Jews and what they did to them, and we transfer that over here to the hard left, uh we've got the same attitude, and a lot of people brushed off what I said they they were saying, "Well, I think you're a little extreme on it and all, but lately, I think um more and more people are seeing things my way in this area. These people loathe us, they hate us. they despise us. This isn't like just a disagreement. they loathe us everything we stand for um so if they can act on it, you know it took a while for the Nazis to be able to act on what they uh they did with the final solution and trying to wipe out all of european uh uh, Judaism there um, they will do it here there's no doubt in my mind they have such a deep-seated hatred for us and it's really not necessarily it's because of what we stand for behind us is the Bible the authority of the Bible, God His righteousness and that they don't want any um, sin brought to their attention they want to be able to yep. lead their lives and not be um, convicted, our mere presence convicts them of their sin. Yes. So, yeah, yes, it does. It, it's irreconcilable between, um, us and them. It's irreconcilable. Other it's just, than a gigantic move of the Lord and many hearts, of uh, many of their hearts are changed and they're greatly weakened. But the way it is now, it's completely, totally irreconcilable.
2: Yes, it is, and I just wanted to, to cite a few examples of stories I've seen in the last few days. A few of them are on Hagman Report, a few of them I haven't posted. Here's just a great example. Hate speech. School board censors Bible at a Christian school. School board is outlawing parts of the Bible because of calls from uh, human rights entities that uh, are saying that you can't preach the Bible in the Christian school because it might offend others, such as Muslims or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Um, you know, that's one example. There's another example of a story I posted yesterday uh, about NPR and how NPR uh, has sided with a leftist LGBT activist in targeting a Catholic bishop because they say him and his teachings and his stance is cruelty uh, to LGBT activists for his... Uh, defense of the homosexual teachings of the Bible. And this is just two stories just in the last few days of hundreds that happen weekly. In Pensacola, Florida, there was a a, a Latin Christian cross that's been up in that uh, city for, for years, for almost a hundred years, I think 1920. And they were forced to take it down because it said they violated the Constitution with the religious symbol. This is the beginning slow creep. It's not so slow anymore. Of the true intentions of these people, they want to eradicate Christianity and, more importantly, Christians from from the globe. And we know, when we look at prophecy, that in the in the last days of the Great Falling Away is going to happen, and specifically and especially during the tribulation period, Christianity is going to be all but wiped out uh, where it can be, uh, just based on on that fact alone that they are Christians and we know that at that time the the supernatural powers of God will will not only uh you know have Christianity flourish but you know as time and history have shown the more you you persecute Christianity and Christians the more that it does grow but just from scripture alone and prophecy alone we know the battles that we face ahead and i just want people to understand that the writing is on the wall whether it really comes down on Christians in the next year or the next 20 years It's already started, and the ball's been rolling a long time. And it's not going to take much, just the right set of circumstances, before they are actually able to uh, do what the Bible says, being able to deliver you up to be killed, and doing so, thinking they're doing it for the purposes of God. That's not far away.
7: There's There's a process in trying to exterminate people and uh one of the levels that they 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 oh i again, I'll use the Nazis because they're so easy to study um when hitler took to pow- took power in january of nineteen thirty three you know the next week they weren't exterminating the jews it, it took about seven years to be able to do it. Uh, he had to he had to consolidate power and things like that but what they do first is they marginalize a group and that's what they've been trying to do here you know that they marginalize everything about us they present in public is bad it's always bad um we are anti this anti that we are um anti Homosexuals, we want to take their rights away. We are just anti, anti, anti. We're evil. Uh, We're we're, we want to hurt kids at school by um, that aren't uh, maybe they're they're not believers, and we have verses up in in a Christian school. It's so there. That's what they're doing now. They're in the process of marginalizing us and. We, but there is pushback from us. And then they're making laws like against what we believe, which they did, we'll say, with the homosexual marriage. I mean, I think today is the anniversary, the two year anniversary of the Supreme Court of Sins decision. Is, isn't that correct? I think today is the two year anniversary
2: of the, of the, that the homosexual marriage.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Today is today's oh, okay. two year anniversary. See, so then. They they got the law on their side, and then they begin to use the law against us and strip all our rights away. And that that has to be done. We have to be marginalized, and then we have to have the law against us, and then they start incriminating people, like you were talking about. Um, in, in, well, no, I give you I will give you a perfect example in Germany. I just posted on this on my uh, blog the other day, they arrested like 28 bloggers in Germany for making uh, homophobic uh, yep. um, writings. See, so they're criminalizing like free speech now. And so that's what they do. They criminalize your activity. They criminalize you can't meet. And they take rights away and rights away and rights away. So they strip all your rights away. They marginalize you and then they work on getting the public to constant propaganda, not you know the cop the propaganda against trump that was the propaganda that the Nazis had against the Jews, but it's also the propaganda the communists had against um their what do they call them the middle class they had a middle class and and uh, They they wiped out the middle class I just can't think of the word right now uh, So that's what they're in the process of doing here Like what they went after Trump uh, They want to do that to us all the time All the time The people get hardened towards it And the next thing you know They start the violence they, They'll smash churches They'll smash houses They'll smash businesses um, you There's no retaliation You have no way to defend yourself there's no recourse for what they did, and then they start the um, the murdering. That's their that's the way it works. It's there's nothing new <laughs> under the sun like this, and the hard left here in America is following down that um, that trail. Except they are meeting resistance from us, and one of the big resistance was electing Trump.
2: No, you're absolutely right, John and you know I, um just looking at a number of things from old testament prophecies in isaiah where it talks about for in isaiah 28 for precept upon precept line upon line here a little there a little uh, an instruction on how we much how we must hearken to the word of god and his precepts and to to do this if we you know stick to his precepts uh, each and every precept line upon line and don't deviate from that it talks about you know how um, these foundations are going to be under attack and that's this uh, chapter in Isaiah is talking about Ephraim but a lot of similarities of from those times and from that uh, Isaiah chapter alone uh, line up with what, exactly what's going on today and so many others uh, from the old and New Testament and we see uh, one one of the thing that things that is so fascinating to me, is how uh, the scriptures and, and prophecies and even the history of the Bible have seen so much uh, you know death and persecution whether it was it's against the Jews uh, from the Old Testament even to all the way up to the Holocaust to uh, the Christian religion and the persecution and how it has been able to flourish in the face of that this is one thing many people in the world of Christianity need to understand there's coming a time where the uh the the Sunday, you know, going to church on Sundays and and beginning and ending your faith there is going to have to be over. These people are going to need to decide uh, how important their faith and their uh, salvation and and belief in Jesus is. Because many, as the scriptures say, in this end times will become apostate, maybe to save their own lives, uh, or whatever else. And the Christians are, and, and the Jews, are going to be Uh, completely targeted and decimated uh, and hunted down. Now, many Christians today don't seem to have... uh, I mean, we live in a a good country. We have... uh, I guess you could say we're more uh, enriched in many ways than any other society in human history. And when that happens, many people become complacent in their faith. And in my experience studying Christianity, studying the Bible and the, his, the history of it uh, shows me that no matter when you were around on this earth if you were a Christian there's persecution just as, as the Lord says all who believe in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution but there is a majority of Christians who don't believe that this is going to happen in their times that the uh, you know hunting and murdering of Christians in this country can't happen but yet, look in the Middle East—you know, the heart of Christianity, Syria. So many of these nations that surround Israel, f- for so long, were Christian nations that flourished, even after the Roman Empire and co- had really collapsed or transferred the, the power to the papacy. Uh, these people were still persecuted. I just want—I said all that to say this: people need to understand that the da- the dangers of being a Christian. That even though we have laws and everything in this country, that does not exclude us from turning into those same persecuted Christians. I actually contend that it'll be worse for Christians here because of what they are, are perceiving they're going to lose as far as their worldly things, that that might keep them from converting away from Christianity, thinking they can you know, hold on to those things in the world. But I said, people need to understand that the persecution that we see in the Middle East and have seen uh, for centuries is very possible, and I would contend it will happen here at some point if we're around to see it. And that mindset is, is nowhere in the Christian church, with very few. And that's a very dangerous mindset to have. And I just wanted to say that so people are aware that you know don't be surprised and don't let your faith be shaken. Even if you were brought up to be executed for your faith, because we're promised, if not that, many other persecutions will happen because of your belief in Jesus. And I think that's something that's a disconnect from the Western Christian mind, because we haven't experienced it, we lived it in this country. But we're not going to be excluded from the historical uh, uh, repetition of that happening since its inception.
7: Well, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've really been blessed here and we've enjoyed great, great blessings in America that I don't know any other country that has. Um, and that is because, um, we honored God in the beginning. Now there is, with our forefathers, of course, there was problems and the country worked, uh, worked most of those problems out. But we honored the Lord and he honored us. Uh, but now there's an element that despises God, which we never really had to face until now. Um, I I honestly believe that God gave us a reprieve with the election of Trump. And uh, any of your listeners that, you know, like, I don't know, they don't think he's maybe worked fast enough or done things good enough, because I get frustrated, too. I mean, I want this done, that done. But just think of what would happen if Hillary Clinton was president now. Just think of it.
2: (laughs) I mean, I I know exactly what you're thinking, John. Uh, I mean, mean, many people, I believe, voted for Trump. Just to, just to make sure Hillary Clinton didn't get in. Maybe they didn't uh, like him, I mean. but they despised her, and for right. good reason. Right,
7: right, right. So, just keep that in mind. We've had a reprieve. We had a reprieve, because if she was elected, it was slam-dunk America. And that that ruthless uh, cartel in power with her, it would be nothing to imprison millions of us and maybe have to kill you know who knows how many it'd be nothing for them to do it so we've got a reprieve here and we need to be very very thankful to the Lord in fact every day I haven't forgotten it since all well, the election and he was inaugurated thank you God
2: that uh, uh, we're not Hillary Clinton John we're coming up against the break and um uh I got a Send a quick message to our, our producer Todd as uh, I'm the only one in the studio right now. There's a number Of weird things going on here. All Everything's fine But yeah, we're coming up against the break When we come back, I want to get into uh, I'm going to make sure we get into Israel And some of the things that are going on there With the Trump administration And relationship with Netanyahu And um, a number of other things that, that are going on And anything you want to touch on in, in these areas Or anywhere else you want to go, we can go but I'm going to make sure we cover uh, a few important things. But, folks, our guest is John McTiernan. He is uh, an author. You can go to his website, and I got it right here. I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, DefendProclaimTheFaith.org. DefendProclaimTheFaith.org. You can get his books there. You can get uh, there's a blog there. There's Bible teachings there. His YouTube channel. There is so much there that uh, is very important and. Uh, I want to make sure, folks, that you go there, defend, proclaim dot org. And John, if you just give me a second, um, I'm flying solo here, so I got to do this all by myself, just to find out when the break is coming, so we don't uh, get cut off mid 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 sentence. Excuse me, oh, what's coming next and to uh, it, yeah. we can keep this flowing uh, coherently. So I'll wait for a response from Todd. But yeah. Uh, oh, have you been working on any? You got another book you're working on?
7: Yeah, I have a couple books. <laughs> uh, okay. What I want well, hold to work on. on, right? Okay.
2: The break's coming right now. Thanks, Todd, for uh, for getting that to me. Uh, folks, we're talking with John McTiernan. He is a a friend of the show, a repeated guest. Uh, DefendProclaimTheFaith.org the, the, defend, dot org is his website. We will be right back after these short messages. Don't go anywhere.
5: Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In as the darkness falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation.
4: Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations.
2: Back ladies and gentlemen to this edition of the Hagman Report. It's a Monday and our guest is Mr. John McTiernan. We had a uh, a very intellectual discussion about the political divide in, in America, Trump as well as um you know what how scripture is lining up with current events and the what it's going to be like to be a Christian, what it is like to be a Christian, but the potential for things to go real bad just over faith due to the Uh, Spirit, the agenda of spiritual darkness that is in this country Uh, so there's a lot of ground to cover there's a lot of ground we have covered and uh, again John McTiernan is our guest his website is defendproclaimthefaith.org he's written a number of books you can find his uh, right on the drop down menu at the top there is a link to the books and bookstore and uh, as America has done to Israel was uh, one of my favorites is one of my favorites And is there for everybody to check out It was a best-selling book uh, that connects natural and financial disasters to America with our treatment of the nation of Israel And we have um, a lot of stuff with with our own nation, prophecy, and Israel that we can get into in this hour Uh, Mr. McTiernan, we're to begin this hour You want to switch gears? Uh, You want to continue? What do you want to do?
7: Well, I want to share something very important with our listeners to kind of maybe finish up on America, and then we can move and look at Israel, because we've got to look at Israel and Europe together. Um, But what I want to share is, uh, just recently, and probably it was last week, a Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, uh, installed... Uh, rest, um, restore, uh, what do you call it? I'm tongue tied here. Installed a Muslim hotline that if you hear any type of, um, uh, anti-Islamic, um, uh, rhetoric or anything like that, you're supposed to, uh, call this hotline and, uh, they'll take action, I guess. Now, we have a First Amendment to the Constitution that, to the best of my knowledge, was not removed. And there are limits to it, and the Supreme Court has defined those limits. Like, for example, the famous limit is in a a movie theater, you can't holler fire, fire, fire. Right. But if I don't like uh, someone's religion, uh, for whatever reason, and we'll, we'll say Islam, I have a constitutional right to speak out about it, to write about it, to lecture about it, Um because there's no problem with them attacking Christianity, is there? <laughs> there's no problem uh, with the hard <laughs> left attacking Christianity.
2: <laughs> but Not but, only are uh, no problem, they're given a you know a special treatment, media attention, and everything else uh, to do so. Yes.
7: Yeah, but it, they, they love Islam, they protect Islam, they coddle it, they do everything they can about Islam. So they have this hotline now in Minneapolis where you're to call in if you're hearing, um, uh, you know, anti-Islamic, uh, speech. Now, I don't know what that is. I mean, if I'm talking about female genital mutilation, is that anti-Islamic? If I'm talking about you're, honor yes. killing, is that anti-Islamic? Oh yeah.
2: Absolutely, you're Islamophobic, if I, actually.
7: Right, right, right. If, I, if I'm talking about uh, multiple marriages and husbands uh, having the ability to beat their wives, is that Islamophobic? Yes, it you, is. You see how see how they're working this now.
2: It's and not only Islamophobic; it's hate speech.
7: Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, that goes together. You know, that goes together. So um, um, what they're doing is they want to shut down any type of free speech against Islam. That's exactly what they've done in Europe. Exactly. They're way more advanced than us in Europe, and they don't have the First Amendment in Europe. So we can't let them do this. We can't. This is, believe it or not, this is Shatira law. Now, they're not saying it's Shatira law. But under Shira law, you're not allowed to speak against Islam, the Koran, or Mohammed, mostly under the penalty of death. So right now, I mean, does Minneapolis prevent people from, you can't talk about Christianity? Uh, We want a hotline where you can't talk about, they're saying that this is a minority group and all this and that. But what they're doing is they're giving special rights to the Muslims. Now, what I what I'm in the I'm in the process of doing, and I should have done this a long time ago. Ninety um, <clears throat> something percent, ninety five percent of the people in America have no idea what's in the Quran and really, what are the tenets of the Quran. Well, I do. I've studied the Koran and their secondary writings, the Hadiths. I've debated some of Islam's top debaters, ap- apologists. I've learned the Quran firsthand. And this is what I want all of your listeners to understand. The Quran is a anti-Christian book by what's written in it, not by indirectly, directly. And I've pulled out all, it's called surahs, as you are a, we would call the chapter and verse in the Quran, they call it a surah. And what they come against, what Muhammad came against was the, tr- the Trinity that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, that He died. they say he did not die on the cross, that an imposter did, and Allah took him. And the worst sin in Islam is called shirk, and it's that means association, and that means associating God with a man, which, of course, is what the Lord Jesus Christ, that's who we believe he was, according to the Bible. He was the only begotten Son of God that became uh, one of us so he could redeem us. A perfect man paid the price for our sin. So this is all in the Koran. The Koran is a Christian hate, and then it talks about hellfire, believing that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. So I want to put this in a brochure. Uh, I don't want to put it in the book. I want it in a brochure that's easy to circulate, and I'll put the surahs in it, and things like that. But here's what I, this is the kind of the Icing on the cake. Uh, I'm sure that all your listeners are familiar with Jerusalem and the Dome of the Rock, that golden dome that sits on the Temple Mount. You know, what yeah. I, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, most people think that that's a mosque, um, but it's not a mosque. There are two Muslim um, buildings on the on the uh, temple mount one to the south is the Alexka mosque and then you'll hear about writing uh, riots all the time there and the the muslims have big meetings there and uh, uh, at the al mosque the dome of the rock is not a mosque what it is is a, a, a shrine and and i'm going to put this in the article that i write it's full of uh, Muslim writings, which of course I can't read. I guess that's called the ancient writing is I guess Sanskrit. Um, and the dome, for example, now I was in in the, my first trip to Israel was uh, 1979, and I was you could go into the dome of the rock at that that point. And when I went in there, I looked up at the uh, ceiling, and it's got this uh, dome ceiling in it, and I didn't know what was written. But I found out later what's written in it is God is one and He does not have a son, and all the writings on that that building all are anti-Christian, every one of them. That is a shrine against Christianity. It's like a shrine that Islam has conquered Christianity in the in the in the Middle East. That's what that is. No one knows it. No one. It's not. I know it, but it's not promoted, it's not taught It's it's like If you go online, you can go online And, and look it up and you'll find out exactly what, what I'm telling you, if you go to Google And Google it, exactly what I'm telling you You'll find out, I'm telling you the truth So I want to educate The people that uh, the, These um, Heretics That say, well, the god of uh, The Bible and
2: the god of the Koran are the same, no they're not they're not. They're not the same. Oh goodness, that's and terrible. That that's being taught, and yeah, part of this interfaith dialogue, and exactly, you know, Rome's you, uh, World Council of Churches push and United Nations agenda to bring about this new world order of faith to convince people that it is the same God that we worship, and that's one of the most dangerous man-made doctrines that are anti-biblical teachings that are being accepted in churches all across the U.S.
7: If you were to go into Saudi Arabia, now, first of all, if you went to Mecca, you probably, as an infidel, you wouldn't survive. Uh, But if you started to go and preach and hand out literature that that the God of the Bible and uh, the God of the Koran are the same, they wouldn't tolerate that. That's heresy to them. Exactly. But here... It's, it's sugar-coated for the consumption of the, the, the left mentality and people that are ignorant. Right. Well, so that's one of the projects. That, well, exactly right. That's one of the projects I have is to put this brochure together and, and and simple reading. I don't want to make it too complicated. I'll put pictures in it of the Dome of the Rock and the writing in it and what, what it's saying. And I'll put these surahs in it from the Quran that you could see that the Muslim, the Islam is a Christophobic, is that the word, uh, religion. It's a direct head-on attack against our Christian beliefs. That's one of the themes in the Koran. Mohammed wrote the Koran to replace the Bible and to replace Christianity.
2: John, have you ever heard speculation or seen any evidence that the Catholic Church... Or a faction, maybe the Jesuits inside the Catholic Church, were the the same group who um, created the religion of Islam.
7: No, no, I hear you know, that the, a lot.
2: The, That's why. I,
7: no the Jes- the Jesuits were formed as a counter Reformation to stop the Reformation. The, that was like a thousand years after Muhammad, you know. And uh, I've okay. heard that, and everything that I've read. No, I haven't uh, come across anything like that.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, if we can, let's um, let's mo- move forward a little bit into Israel and what has been going on with in in Israel. Uh, from what you have seen, the what do you believe that the uh, citizens of Israel their, their perception of Trump? Because I've seen uh, are they- exp- you know both sides.
7: Well it's this exactly the same in Israel as it is here. The hard left uh hates uh Trump. They hate Trump in Israel. And everybody else uh loves him. I mean he is a tremendous breath of fresh air compared to Obama. (laughs) We all know what Obama did when he was lame duck and he had a free hand, uh what he did to Israel. So now Obama, now uh, Trump is coming in, um, and uh, Trump has got real good people around him regarding Israel, like Nikki Haley there, uh, the um, U.N. uh, ambassador. Wow, she is really good. Um, The U.S. ambassador is excellent. Uh, and then Netanyahu really seems, and Trump really seemed to get along. What Trump has to learn is that it's impossible to have peace between Israel and the Palestinians because they don't really want it. Uh, they want to destroy Israel, and they'll talk peace, but then they use, <clears throat> they, they don't really go forward with it, and then they'll use the problem with Israel to raise money, and to basically raise money is what they what they'll do to keep uh, keep the pot stirred against Israel. So Trump has to learn that it's impossible the th- th- a peace a peace deal. You know he can't see a peace deal with Israel like doing a trade agreement. That doesn't work, <laughs> and it's all going to boil down to Jerusalem. Israel is not going to divide Jerusalem and the Palestinians want East Jerusalem as their capital, it's not going to happen. So at some point, Trump has to see this and uh, just fully come on Israel's side. Right now he's being a a diplomat about this.
2: Uh, The embassy moving from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, that that Trump uh, said he would uh, make sure that he he was going to work towards uh, making that happen. And we saw a few articles about how it's going to take. You know, first they said it'd take a few months. Now they say it might take a few years. Um, any uh, any ideas or insight as to if they can make that happen, or what it would take to get that uh, to get that going?
7: Well, from my following of this, uh, initially he was really gun ho about it, and uh, Netanyahu and people in the Israeli government held him back and uh, I've seen that like sort of infighting in Israel over this there there was a blow up where Israeli politicians were really upset with Netanyahu and here's the reason why Israel and I guess still is in really deep negotiations with uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, United Arab Emirates and other uh, Gulf state Muslim nations uh, working, unifying against Iran. And they were afraid that um, the United States recognizing Jerusalem as the capital would make it impossible for uh, Israel to work with Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates and other nations like that. Um, so that's that was the big holdoff. And of course right now, I guess it's just not op- not the opportune time to do it, but there is a uh, civil war coming in Islam and it's going to be led by Iran, which is a Shiite nation, and uh, Saudi Arabia, which is a Sunni Muslim nation, and they hate each other as much as they hate Israel. Because if they didn't hate each other so much They'd unify against Israel To take Jerusalem uh, This war um, do, do you understand the difference Between the Shiites and the Sunnis? Yes I do Okay So uh, untold numbers Have died over this difference um, Might be in the millions And uh, the Sunnis won and Iran is basically the bastion of Shiite Islam, although there is um in in Iraq it's probably about fifty fifty Shiite sunni uh in Syria, it's less, but Assad isn't Shiite he belongs to a group called Alawites, and I have no idea I have no idea what they but it's a strange strange group of like spin off from Shiites, and that's why. Uh, Assad and his government is so close to Iran because of the Alawite Shiite um, community there. His uh is Shiites, although Lebanon is all uh, Sunni. Well, the Muslims there are Sunnis, and what happened was when Ayatollah Khomeini came to power in the late seventies, he had a whole bunch of uh, of uh, Shiites from Iran. Go to Lebanon and settle in the southern part, so he could have uh, a front against Israel. So Hezbollah is their surrogates of uh, Iran. There is a little bit of Shiites in Kuwait and a little bit in Iran, and that's it. All the rest of the Muslim world, probably 85 percent or or more, are Sunnis. But Uh, The Shiites are the ones that believe in the Mahdi And that um, the the Mahdi is going He's a a Shiite Muslim He's going to lead uh, the Shiites into victory There's going to be mass conversion of the Sunnis to Shiite Islam And he's going to lead into world conquest He's going to lead the Shiites to destroy Israel and make Jerusalem the uh, uh, capital of an Islamic caliphate for worldwide control. Now, the Sunnis know this, and uh, they don't believe it because they're Sunnis. So Saudi Arabia is preparing for war. That's that big deal that when uh, our, uh, Trump was over there um, in Saudi Arabia, and they made the, the huge uh, military deal. That's all part of it. They originally said it was to fight terrorism. Did Did you see the weapons that they were selling uh, Saudi Arabia? <laughs> you know, fight. Oh yeah. You know, with all the jets and and tanks and, and anti missile systems and all. I mean, good. <laughs> so that's all. Obviously, it's against uh Iran. So, and it's so complicated. I I study the Middle East and Israel virtually every day and my head spins. Because you have Turkey that wants to reestablish the Ottoman Empire. There's no, they've already said it. And right now Turkey is pouring millions of dollars into East Jerusalem because they want to get a hold in East Jerusalem uh, because uh, Jerusalem should belong to Turkey under the old Ottoman Empire. So Turkey wants to reestablish the Ottoman Empire. Iran wants to reestablish the old Persian Empire. <laughs> and they're, 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 they intersect coming to Israel. Because Turkey wants Jerusalem. They want, and so does uh, Iran wants Jerusalem. So they're, <laughs> they have these goals. They, they, they want us to, to form these old empires. Uh, and so it's so complicated in there. But Iran wants to uh, have a corridor. Um, with uh, northern Iraq, where the fighting is right now. They want to defeat ISIS and open that up to the Shiite militia, and then they want to push uh, ISIS back into Syria and ultimately defeat it. But they want to open up a corridor for the uh, Iranian army to go across Iraq, Syria, and come down to the Golan Heights in Israel and they also want to have a corridor to the Mediterranean Sea that's all establishing their Persian Empire. So it is very complicated with Turkey has ambitions, uh Iran has ambitions, they are forming alliances where it'll be Iran, Iraq, uh Syria and Hezbollah uh, against well Israel and the Sunni coalition. And it's coming very fast. Um, this is, this, I believe that this civil war is on us right now. When you got proxy wars taking place, like in Yemen, you don't hear too much about it anymore, but there's fighting going on between the Shiites and the Sunnis in Yemen. Um, and then of course you got the fighting in, between the Sunnis and the Shiites in, uh, in Iraq and between the Sunnis and the Shiites in uh, Syria. So it's a mess, uh, but it's going to head into a huge civil war uh, in Islam.
2: Yeah, you know, you're exactly exactly right. Hit the nail right on the head. Uh, we, John, I don't know where you want to go from here. There's a, a number of places that, that we could go. Um, we have this, you know, we've talked a little bit about the Muslim caliphate, not only... In the Middle East, that's been going on for uh, for centuries, but in the influx of of the of Islam into the West, continues to grow a divide, and and with the media and everybody else behind it, uh, almost discounting and disregarding the violence, uh, it is mind boggling. And, and obviously, we went over all this, but the uh, you know what really strikes me is uh, or what really bothers me is uh, what we talked about before the the mindset and the political divide in this country and the you know a significant percentage of the population who believe this wholeheartedly and would be willing to to you know bring about violence due to these beliefs then we have the the terroristic threat that thankfully we've seen a reprieve from since Trump's election we haven't had any major attacks but across the world. John, how much do you know about what ISIS has done in the Philippines? Is that something you've been following? Yes. Can we yes. get into that a little bit?
7: Uh well, well yeah, the Philippines, uh people might not realize this. Well, Philippines, I guess you would call it an archipelago. That's where you get all these islands. There's you know, I I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of small islands.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch and of and
7: Yeah, well yeah. A certain percentage of them are under the control of uh, Muslims, and they've been that way since probably the 1800s. Um, when uh, it, it, you know, this is odd, but every hundred years we fight the Muslims. Uh, in 1800 or so, we were fighting the Barbary Pirates, right? Yeah, and we owe. In a strange way, we owe the American Constitution. When Obama said Islam was in the formation of this country, in a weird way he was right, not in the way he th- he was promoting, but the Muslims were raiding our shipping in the Mediterranean, and we had no way to defend ourselves. And we couldn't get an army or a navy together under the Articles of Confederation, which is our first... um Uh, our first uh, constitution. So one of the reasons and then one of the major reasons that we formed the uh, our our president constitution and gave the president such powers was to be able to fight the Muslims, the Barbary pirates. And we raised the Navy. Uh, They were very good ships that we had. Uh, The frigates were top quality frigates. So, around 1800 to I don't know, 1820 and around there, actually earlier in the 1790s we were fighting the Muslims and our first Navy, one of the reasons we had our first Navy was to patrol the Mediterranean to protect our shipping for the Muslims and then, in and the 1900s early 1900s in the Philippines we were fighting uh, the Muslim uh, insurrection there uh, we were literally fighting in fact uh, we developed certain weapons, uh, because they were such fanatics that, um, they would tie tourniquets around their arms and legs. And if, so if they were shot in battle, they wouldn't bleed to death. You'd have to have a, uh, a, a fatal shot. Uh, we developed the, uh, 45, the Colt 45 pistol specifically to deal with, um, with that situation in the Philippines. And now here we are in the, uh, uh, 2000, well, one, 2001, uh, there, and we're at war with Islam again. It's like every hundred years. So, the Philippines, we were there a hundred years ago, and, uh, right now, apparently a section of the Philippines has been radicalized to follow ISIS, and they've, uh, overran several small towns and I believe one one city they would be small and the first thing they went after was to kill now it would probably be Catholics but they went after uh, the church to kill everybody in the church and the cross and all and um, the government had to send the army in there and it's quieted down now unless you have more of an update I haven't really seen much lately in the la- last week of um What's going on in the Philippines? But can you add anything to what I was saying?
2: Well, yeah, the, there was uh, uh, President Durte of the Philippines has had an ongoing pro- problem with uh, ISIS, I guess they've been called. Yes, in, they have hey, ISIS. Th- th- there's one city, it starts with a, I don't want to say Maui, it's maybe Mari um, or Malari, uh, might be the proper name. But they apparently, ISIS, they took over this. This city. And last uh, Friday, I believe there was an article Thursday or Friday that talked about the hundreds of bodies that have been lying in the streets due to this battle. Now, Durte first uh, denied help from the United States as they wanted to send in special forces to quell this uh, this ISIS, you know, takeover of this land, a beautiful land at that, I might add. And they've carried out a number of attacks in in public, um, in businesses and in public. And it it it's kinda of tight lipped, but one thing that bothers me is the lack of the mainstream media media and their coverage of this. They basically ignore it. You don't hear uh, you know, about these ISIS takeovers in these other countries. And it is just um I don't know, to see the Catholic Church uh push for this interfaith dialogue for the West to accept um, you know, all these these Muslim immigrants and, you know, not only that, but the Pope and, and the, the Vatican are basically saying you're not following, uh, the teachings of Jesus if you, you know, refuse to just bring all these people in and take care of them. Even though Rome is the most secured city in the world, or secured, uh, territory in the world, it's own, it's its own country. But it's just very troubling. It seems like even the, that what is considered the pope the uh you know vicar of christ on earth which is a joke in itself as he's come out and said to himself that he is a sinner uh and if that's the case he, he's not the the vicar of christ or or what he claims to be but there is an agenda that the pope is pushing that is uh you know right along with with islam and socialism and that's another you know spiritual connection of darkness where these people all have Apparently, regained the Antichrist spirit and are openly working uh, towards with that Antichrist spirit, and nobody has been calling. I mean, we have the alternative sites calling on it. We have the true fundamental Bible-believing Christians who are seeing it and calling uh, it what it is. But those people are being demonized as you know the Islamophobic, the racist, the haters, you know, whatever else you <laughs> want to throw in there. And it is, uh, you know, again, I said this last hour. When we see the churches conforming to the world rather than sticking to the only truth that has ever been given, which is the, the gospel of Christ, uh, we have a complete apostate church and the number of followings with Catholics it is uh, so widespread that of people who follow this pope word for word, even though he goes completely against the teachings in the Bible. That shows you how hypocritical and how anti-Christ even our own pope is. The own, the pope is, um, and I know many Catholics don't uh, agree with that, but they don't speak out against it either, whether for whatever reason. The whole I said that to say this there is a a big movement of people in in this country who have been sick and tired of their church's conformity to the world. An example I'll give you is as a um, Presbyterian, raised in a Presbyterian church, we had uh, you know a great church that did so much both in in the pulpits and in the uh, uh, push to, to, to promote and teach only truly biblical doctrines but now what we see is churches even being afraid to speak out against the interfaith uh, movement. Churches who have adopted it. When the churches get that far gone and they become uh, a tool uh, of this satanic agenda, our, that tells me that the majority of the churches, all the churches who engage in that behavior, and those other churches that are on the fence are not churches that are based on the biblical teachings of God. He was very clear about the divisions, about the lies that would come. In uh, in Peter, it talks about the, the perilous times will come, and I believe that they're already here. We've seen all this stuff uh, so frequently, and we see it these attributes in so many people who consider themselves Christians. One, being lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Uh, people being covetous, boasters, proud. Uh, We have this, you know, the children disobedient to parents. We've never seen in history the children with such disdain and hate. Um, You know, people are being unthankful. They are unholy. They're without natural affection. Uh, They're despisers of those that are good. And whether this is... uh, And many of them are, are not religion. They're the people who come after the religion. But these are the attributes of those people. And in Peter, it talks about this, how this is part of Us living in the last days. And when we see so many scriptures lining up, and you say, oh my gosh, you know, this is that, this is that, these are examples of of everything that's written in here. It tells me that the church is in dire straits. And I would like nothing more than for people to branch out to, you know, get out of the churches to an extent that the main churches are small groups of fellowship people you find inside the churches that you share Bible teachings with in your own home Bring, the, the only reason that the organized religions of this world uh, are so successful is because of people's belief and trust and faith in not just God but unfortunately more so pastors and priests and religious institutions they really believe that they are doing the work of God by uh, some of the, the ungodly things they do and when the church is that far deep into that apostasy apostasy, uh, we are in a dangerous time because this has happened throughout history that we've seen, as we've mentioned and and went through uh, on the show already. So the signs of what will happen in the end times in the latter days, almost every single one you can point to and say, yes, this is happening, yes, this is happening. So the question is, we can't know exactly when the second coming is, but the signs were told to to know through the signs that I think Jesus said uh you know how can you know the the uh some one of the uh apostles or uh people that Jesus was t- talking to you know said uh, made a reference about how you can determine how the weather's going to be you know the next morning uh, for for being on on the water based on this uh what the sky looked like and he said something along the lines of well you know You fools! You can discern, you know, these signs, but the greater signs that uh, talk about basically the whole destruction and bringing about of the end is, is out of our minds, or out of many minds. And when we have churches and Christians in those churches that say things only to make people feel good, that completely abandon the Word of God, the teachings of God, the precepts that He laid out, and are Instead, flocking to the feel-good messages. A great example is Joel Olstein's Your Best Life Now. In this fluffy, puffy preacher I just am very concerned that well-meaning Christians who do believe in Jesus are falling into these traps due to some sort of guilt or uh, under the impression that they are doing the right thing. So, will we know when we are in the very last days? Right at the end of the world? I don't know. But the signs are all there And that tells me that, that The Lord's return is, is sooner than ever And Satan's deceptions Are so bad That it has removed many people Even some Christians uh, From any biblical truth Based on you know these feel good uh, Social justice movements They think they're doing the Lord's work By allowing the LGBT community Not only to be married in churches But to become part of the clergy I had to leave my church Presbyterian church because uh, they wanted to adapt not only homosexual clergymen but perform gay marriages in our church and the reason they did this is because the funding for their building came from the main Presbyterian body and I had to leave the church and more than half of the church left after that because they believed they have veered so far from the true message of God But it's just really sad that we have the institutions that God has established to uh, promote and fulfill his word as spreading the gospel all throughout the earth. That gospel is becoming perverted and the people are believing it. And the danger that poses not only to their soul, but to all the the, the people that are brought into the church based on non-biblical, anti-Christian beliefs packaged as a Christian faith. And that is very startling to me we're destroying our own religion from within, we're doing more damage uh, by adopting and trying to fit into society with these churches than outside interference trying to infiltrate the church can can do. And that's what I have a huge problem with, and it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon.
7: Oh No, it's not going away. It's going to continue uh, to the end. Um, people have been... Uh dislodged from uh, the Bible uh, being the word of God and they're looking at feelings and emotions and what the current uh, social climate is and then that's what they're they, they look through the Bible through those lenses which is of course a great deception and it's part of the, these people then live in a delusion and that's going to continue until um, the end until the Lord's coming And the, the Antichrist, when we look at him, or the beast as he's also called, is going to be speaking great words, great swelling words, the Bible says. And he is going to say exactly what these people want to hear. They're being set up right now to hear these, uh, words that are coming that are going to resonate with them. I'll give you an example. Um, I don't understand German, but I've seen, uh, movies where Hitler is up giving a speech and he looks like a, he looks like an idiot. His movements and his, his, his eyes. Of course, he's more than an idiot. He's demon possessed. But he mesmerized the German people. He mesmerized them. Um, because whatever was going on inside of them, he rang a bell in there and he he resonated with them and that's why they could be motivated to do all the things they they did in World War II and all because Hitler resonated with them and that's, the people right now are being prepared to resonate
2: with the Antichrist when he comes yeah and and you know, there's a number of Bible verses that talk about exactly, uh you know the kind of mindset we need to have, no matter in the in the face of any opposition. As we see that this new age uh, doctrine, whether you want to throw in um, the merger of Islam and Christianity or anything else, the, these new doctrines uh, are actually in themselves fulfilling Bible prophecies. Uh, you know, based on the the false teachings and whatnot. But in John. It, it, John chapter 7 verse 24 it says always having faith walking in the confidence with the Lord and I think this is so por- important uh, to say this because I believe many people are afraid to uh, not only state that they're Christian but to, to go spread the gospel in this culture that we live in because they are perceived they're, they're afraid of the blowback they're uh, perceived as, as hateful you know hate speech, closed-minded, uh, you know anti this, anti that, racism. But the the scriptures tell us exactly how not only to expect this but how to move forward in it. And I think one thing that's really missing, not for the real Bible believing Christians, but those who see it and are concerned about what to do, they need you have to have that 100% faith. If you have your your faith in Jesus Christ and only and you act on that faith with, with your belief systems spreading the gospel doing whatever it is the Lord tells you to uh, he has that, that, that if you dedicate yourself to the Lord to that extent miracles will happen in your life you will see uh, things that you never thought were possible at the same time you might come up against the most you know rabid uh, opposition when you're doing this But our faith, we're told, is tried and tested, uh, more so even than the refining gold. So we need to, these real life experiences, even this opposition to a great degree, to understand not only their mindset, but to show us in scripture where we're told this is going to happen and how to rectify it. And, you know, being put to death for your faith is not a, a loss, as many people will consider it. It's not a defeat. That actually is a true victory. In Christ and His agenda by being that example that He was, and I, I think a lot of people have a hard time trying to justify having to die for their faith, who aren't real and have never been, uh, you know, dug into the Scriptures to understand what has happened historically. All the disciples that the Lord brought together uh, to go with Him as uh, on His uh, three and a half year uh, mission. Uh, before he was uh, crucified, all these other ones that, that followed him were were killed for their faith. And then hundreds and thousands more after that. But Christianity continued to flourish. And these people are, are scared by that. And I think they're looking for ways for the next time they come against the Christian faith and, and Christians to exterminate them, that they don't get that same secondary... Uh, reaction where you know you kill ten of them and a hundred more pop up and you go kill those hundred more and a thousand pop up they can't comprehend it this and Satan in scriptures truly believes he can beat God he can defeat God even by storming heaven so when we see the delusion that these people are under since the Lord wrote the beginning from the end and everything in between that uh he wins in the end, we win in the end with our Christian faith faith. And we need to understand that persecution is part of that belief system and with the political division and mindset and the anti Christian uh supernatural hatred that is out there, uh it's letting people be prepared mentally that this might not be far away to hold stand in your to hold uh firm in your faith and stand for Jesus even in the face of being executed. Because that is the best testimony uh for those people around you and even those who might be pulling the trigger that nothing will deter you deter you from your faith, and the Lord has told us you know he the people who have uh, and or will be killed for their faith will be the ones receiving many of the rewards and blessings in heaven. It is an honor to be martyred for for your faith in Jesus Christ, and that's a hard pill for people to swallow, especially with the Western mindset. I don't know, John. I'm a little rambling a little bit here, so we can we can uh, we got what eleven minutes left. I want to make sure we cover anything else you want to cover. Well, I do want to bring to everyone's attention
7: what's happening in Sweden. And by the way, that was very good. Um, what you had to say, I think there was a lot of heart in it, and there's a lot of truth in it. And uh, we need our faith has to be built now f- for when the time of testings come. You no, know, it's try you don't build a, a house in a hurricane, right? You build the house <laughs> no. before the hurricane and you, you build it real strong so it can withstand 120, hundred and twenty, thirty mile an hour winds. So we have to be working on our faith um now. But uh what what I find real important and uh um let me find it here in my um here it is. On my Facebook page, I don't think I've posted this yet on my uh, blog, is uh, what's going on in Sweden. Now, um, Sweden is one of the most liberal, if not the most liberal country in the world. Um, unfettered, you know, killing of babies, open homosexuality, and they've had a seething hatred for Israel to the point where the um, foreign minister of Sweden is persona non grata in Israel. She's not allowed there for the things she said. Uh, they are leading the charge in Europe constantly to divide the land of Israel and to divide Jerusalem, condemning Israel all the time. Now, of course, everything they're doing is a violation of God's word. Well, starting a, a couple, now the Swedes would, oh, they're always boasting about how uh, they've got this best uh, culture and so low crime and all. Well, they've, well, they want to be multi- multicultured. So starting about four years ago, five years ago, maybe a little more, they begin to take a lot of Muslims into the country. Um, and then the floodgates open, they took huge amounts in. And virtually overnight, Stockholm has been one of the rape capitals of the world. Um, the women are in certain areas. They cannot go out alone. It's very dangerous for them. And this article that I posted here, it's called um, um, "Sweden Civil War, National Police Chief, help us, help us. Uh, I just posted this today. There are 61 areas in uh, Sweden now, that are identified, we would call them no-go zones. The Muslims have taken over. They've put it under Sharia law. The police don't go in. The fire departments don't go in there. The emergency services don't go in there. Um, they are rioting, burning cars, burning buildings. None of this is making the media uh, very. It did make. Do you remember when uh, Trump gave that speech and he was talking about? Well, how, uh, he didn't want America to become like Sweden and they have the no-go zones in Sweden and all that. Do you remember that speech? He, he mentioned oh, yeah. that in his speech. Yeah. And then the, the uh, prime minister of Sweden called Trump like a liar and the, the news jumped all over him for this is nonsense. Where do you get your proof? And then right after he made these, the speech, it was almost like weird timing that all of these riots broke out in Sweden and it got national uh, worldwide attention for a while well they've continued and uh, right now they're talking about there is not enough police there is no army military in Sweden they, they just virtually did away with it though no, they wouldn't fund it and there's no way to stop the Muslims now the, the country is crawling with ISIS terrorists um the people are not safe in entire no go cities zones now. No go zones. They have sixty one no go zones now in Sweden. And the country is collapsing right before our very eyes. And this is the country that mocked God uh and the country that wanted Israel to divide Israel uh, and Jerusalem, well now their cities are being divided. Their country's being divided. They're like being turned into little Islamic states and uh, they wanted Israel to make a nation with terrorists and uh, cooperate with terrorists that, that want to kill and destroy them so what is Sweden doing? Sweden now has all sorts of the same type of terrorists that they wanted Israel to be in, in league with so exactly what Sweden has done to Israel or wanted to do to Israel has happened to Sweden and it's a, it's a hellhole now. Overnight, you know, in, the, in, in yeah. ten years, ten years. So it's the lead article. Let me see if it's the lead article. It's no, it's one of the top articles that I have posted about the uh, the uh, the chief of police, the national police chief, is begging for help that Sweden's going under. It's it's heading into a civil war, being taken over by Muslims
2: very sad it is very sad but you know the leaders of these nations are this is what they want that's uh, no doubt in my mind and you know again the question needs to be asked where will this end and i believe that there is both uh, prophetic things taking place right now that have been foretold in the bible well that's very obvious but it is um It's just mind-boggling to see this. Again, we'll go back to this this the last time I'll say it. There is uh, nothing that tells me more about the hatred for the Lord, His Word, and His faith, which is Christianity, to be stomped out in all areas of life, specifically here in America. They've been able to successfully do so in a number of countries, and this is what Christians need to understand. It's not that we don't like... Muslims. It's not that we don't but when you are telling us we need to be forced to change our our foundational document of faith, which is the word of God, because they consider it hate speech, it absolutely is insane for them to say that or expect us to do it. But what's even crazier than that is the the governments, the power elites and the media's ability to promote that just that and saying if we don't, you know, conform and adapt to their way, that we are the haters, we are the, the racists, we are the Islamophobics, and it's just been so convoluted with, um, with with violence and with with crazy theories that it's completely out of control. And at this pace, it's only getting worse. And you know, in the next four years or if President Trump is, is uh, not there and there's not another person who will stand up for American, specifically Christian values, we could soon see Christian be, be Christianity being labeled an enemy uh, of the state or a terrorist organization. And just because the rhetoric in the Bible being labeled hateful. And, you know, that's going to really tell who is the real Christian and who is not. Because the day that they make it illegal or hate speech for me to preach the Bible... I'm going to make sure I do it on every street corner I'm able to before they scoop me up because we cannot give in to these things. And if it does come down to the the prosecution coming against the most outspoken, well, I'll gladly volunteer to be the first one to be taken away because uh, I'm doing it for the right purposes for my faith and my love in Jesus. And, you know, that's the the punishment on this earth is uh, nothing compared to the reward in heaven. That we will receive. Christians need to remain strong. Do not fold in the face of this crazy ideology, the satanic push to destroy the world from faith and morals first, and you know laws that protect citizens second. It's all happening. Uh, we, you know when we're focused on one agenda, like uh, uh, you know Supreme Court rulings or political divide, these work people are working on those other agendas. You know tenfold. And those will be the next ones that are rolled out. We need to keep our eyes open. We need to keep our hearts strong in the Word of God. We need to have our faith and our relationship with the Lord stronger now, more so than ever, because we're going to need that strength and that supernatural help from the Lord to get through these times.
7: Well, I couldn't agree with you much. Uh, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Rather than, um, you know, tremendous things you were saying, and the Lord will give us the grace uh, to go through whatever we have to go through but it's out there this is not a conspiracy theory because all you have to do is look at what's going on Sweden, what look what's going on in uh, Great Britain and Germany and France and uh, how Italy is being overrun now um, the same with Greece all of those countries in Europe uh, Holland and Belgium they're all becoming uh, Islamic nations the same element is here in America that has the same mindset uh, of the European politicians only Trump now has um, stopped it he stopped it uh, we have a reprieve and when, yes, the nations turn, when the nations turn from God and I've said this in many of my writings that one of the punishments is he sends Islam because you mentioned it earlier I believe you did mention it North Africa into the Middle East up into Turkey and all were Christian countries in 16 and 600 and then Mohammed came and by 700 they were all Islamic nations Christianity was gone one of the reasons was they were um, they were um, like like you, things you had described when you read in history they had become uh, full of sin. Uh, they weren't really um, sincere with the Lord. A lot of them, the cultures were like that. And Islam came and, and took that all away to live and stay.
2: Yeah. So John, we, we, are, see, uh, we see, we see, Oops.
7: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> this interview went Sorry. so fast. And I was, uh, I love this topic and I love getting into this and I need to sit down and study a lot more there's so much in the Bible that deals both in the Old Testament and the New Testament with the not only the historical aspects of the Christian faith even though it might not, it wasn't called the Christian faith before uh, the, uh, Jesus was cruci- crucified but uh, there's so much there in that in that book, the Bible, the Word of God, that not only teaches us what to look out for, how to prepare for it, but the reasons and the necessity for our faith to be so strong because we're going to need to be so strong when we're combating these enemies of darkness. And this needs to be our first and foremost uh, agenda and priority. John McTiernan, thank you so much for joining us. We've reached the end of the program. Hope to have you back soon.
7: Okay, listen, God bless you and all your listeners.
2: God bless you too, John. Have a great night. Folks, we'll be back tomorrow. God bless.